0: Father's Day coming up on June seventeenth, and the people behind A-One Steak Sauce just launched a new line of meat candles in time for Dad's Day. Heyo! <laughs> How's your meat candle?
1: <laughs> Burning at both ends.
0: <laughs> you better get that checked. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> ah. Meat candle. Meat candle. Ah. <laughs>
0: The three scents are original meat, which <laughs> smells like steak. O-
2: original meat. <laughs> Uh, I'm a traditionalist.
3: Yeah. I like original meat. Randy <laughs> Bauman and the DVE Morning
4: Show. It's
0: two minutes after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 53 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A Richland Township man is accused of tweeting terroristic threats aimed at a Penn State football game this season. Charles Hittichu allegedly made the threats on Twitter back on August 8th, saying he would commit the biggest mass shooting in the history of the world at a game this year. The 22-year-old is free on $15,000 bond. The Ambridge police chief is accused of threatening other officers as well as fraud. James Mann was on leave for a non-work-related injury in 2017 when he allegedly filled out timesheets for sick, comp, and vacation time after it ran out. State police say 10 Ambridge officers received threats from the 61-year-old that got worse as the investigation into his hours continued. Airlines are canceling flights to Hawaii because of Hurricane Lane. Officials are urging travelers to monitor their flight status before heading to the airport, and airlines are offering travel waivers to affected customers. So if you had a uh, trip planned to Hawaii this weekend. You may want to check your airline. <laughs> Hawaii's big island has been drenched with heavy rain as a result of that now Category 3 hurricane.
1: I didn't realize how few hurricanes actually hit Hawaii because it's such a small target. I just figured, oh, well, if it's out there in the middle of the Pacific, it's got to get crushed over and over and over again. Yeah, that's what you rarely But there's very few here. direct hits.
0: Yeah. 32 children's medications are being recalled over contamination concerns and risk of life threatening microbial infection. King Bio, a North Carolina pharmaceutical company, has issued the recall. It involves homeopathic medicines used to treat teething, cough, rashes, colic, bedwetting, and other conditions. The list of medicines includes 13 that are marketed under the brand name Safe Care RX. Well, there's still time to develop. Uh, depending on your age, a new study has found that your self esteem doesn't really peak until about age 60. It rises and plateaus (laughs) at different periods through your life, but about the age of 60, you really stop caring what people think. Uh, You're financially more comfortable with the idea of getting older, and most people are still working and making money, which helps. Our self-esteem then tends to drop again around age 70 because of things like retirement, fewer social interactions, and more health issues. But the people behind the study found that's not always the case. They say some people managed to maintain peak self-esteem well into their 80s and 90s.
1: So is peak self-esteem just stopping caring what people think? Is that how it's I guess defined? that's part of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think I've peaked.
1: I no longer care at all. <laughs> Hi, I'm 60.
0: Joe Walsh is no stranger to addiction and is a way of shining a light on recovery. He's taking part in an effort to raise money for the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence. For a $10 donation, you'll be entered to win a weekend trip to Detroit that includes a visit to Glen Fry Drive, the Motown Museum, and Jack White's Third Man Record Store. You also get to have dinner with Joe before you head to the Eagles concert on October 14th at Little Caesars Arena to have a chance at that prize and to help a good cause, go to Prizeo. Dot com, dot com. And finally, former Leonard Skinner guitarist Ed King has died at the age of 68. His family confirmed that. King died at his home in Nashville on Wednesday. Uh, The cause of death was not announced, although he had been suffering from lung cancer. King was a member of the band from 1972 to 75 and again from 87 to 96. He was on their first three album and credited with co-writing Sweet Home Alabama. He's also known for co-founding the Strawberry Alarm Clock and co-writing the band's biggest hits, Uh, hit Incense and Peppermints. Here's Ed King speaking at uh, or after their induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006. But As
4: far as the Hall of Fame induction, I think we were probably the
3: luckiest band in the world. I mean, I consider myself the luckiest guitar player ever
2: just because I was invited into a situation. I'm a very mediocre player, but I wrote the lick, you know, (laughs) Sweet Home Alabama, and that's opened up a lot of doors. But I'm just a lucky guitar player from the
1: San Fernando Valley.
0: Yeah, probably one of the most famous guitar licks. Most recognizable ever.
1: That dude sounded like he had peak self-esteem. <laughs> I'm mediocre at best.
0: But did I you, wrote a great lick. Did you watch the documentary? I
1: started it.
0: Yeah, I watched it last night. Um, he actually quit the band after a show in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh can do that to you. Where were they? Syria no. Mosque? Or where well, were they?
0: it was... He had, Ronnie Van Zant, and I forget if it was their manager or somebody, no, it was his guitar tech. Mm-hmm. So his guitar tech and Ronnie got arrested wherever they had been previous to Pittsburgh. And they didn't get to the show till right before showtime. So Ed King had to play on old guitar strings and he broke two strings during Freebird. And <laughs> after the show, Ronnie was all over him, just you're not as good as these guys. And, you know, he's just hammering them. And he was like, that's it. I'm out. He said all the fighting and everything. And like the like fist fights that they were getting in. He's like the violence was way too much for a guy from California. And it was after a show in Pittsburgh. He's like, I packed up my stuff and that
1: was it. He's like, look, I'm a mediocre player at best here, guys. I'm okay (laughs) when the when the strings are all there. You give me two less strings, and I don't know what you were expecting, but I'm going to punch you in the face for it and leave. But I, uh, I watched the beginning of it, and it is tremendous. Like just the way that it's shot, the way that it starts, I know it's going to be a great documentary.
0: Yeah, it's it's very good. You should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, and today is a Skinnerd Friday on DVE. Yeah. Because uh, tomorrow is uh, Steelers game, so we have most of the day wrapped up with that. So we're going to play a lot of Skinnerd today because the show is tomorrow at Key Bank Pavilion. Also on that Bill 38 special, Marshall Tucker band, Hank Williams Jr. And I think, I know it was close to a sellout, but I think there are a few seats available. So uh, if you want to go, you should probably... Snatch those tickets up. So we're going to celebrate Ed King with a, his most famous contribution to Leonard Skinnerd. Let's do it. It's DVE.
2: Uh, Baker Mayfield, here's my prediction. He'll be broke before AB, but it, instead of spending it all on private jets, he's going to blow it on jet skis and four-wheelers. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. No question. He is such. Maybe he'll buy a Bob Evans. <laughs> you he, know, they do well. They they're, This is a great chain, guys.
2: He's just gonna buy like vintage Transams. He's the kind of guy that would do that, right? Y'all got a hosses here. I had what? no idea that was a chain. That's a chain. Hugh then tells the players that they're not gonna have the brown stripe on their helmet, the famous stripe, right? That, sh- that goes. Sh- it's more of a streak. That's what like they call strip the decoration. There, more of a skid mark. He said, "You got to earn your stripes on the Browns." This is the coach. who has one win in two years (laughs) telling
1: the players they have to earn their stripe. What I'm telling you guys is I don't have a stripe yet. (laughs) And if I don't have one... He shouldn't be allowed to wear pants. (laughs) That guy hasn't earned any clothing. Do you think he has those sweatpants, you know, but instead of juicy it just says brown?
5: D-V-E Sports.
6: I'm Mike Pursuta for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Xfinity from Comcast. Mike Tomlin met the media yesterday afternoon, breaking down Saturday's home preseason game against Tennessee. That's the third preseason game. And if you've been paying attention at all through the years, you know the fourth preseason game is one that they just try to get through as quickly and painlessly as possible. The first two have been what they've been in terms of the guys they've played and uh, what they've tried to do. Uh, in terms of uh, preparing or not preparing for a specific opponent. But uh, this game against Tennessee is supposed to much more resemble the real thing, not just uh, in terms of how the Steelers are going to play it, but how they've been preparing for it. Mike Tomlin talked about that yesterday.
7: We're excited about this opportunity. We realize the sand is running through the hourglass in terms of this Mm -hmm. process. And so um, there's some urgency there. Uh, We also realize that, um, there's some complexity to, to this third game from a schematic standpoint, from a role standpoint, from a competition standpoint, and it's just going to get increasingly more clear as guys continue to roll the ball out and, and, and compete.
6: Yeah, and he was talking about schematically, they're actually preparing for the Titans, you know, working on things that Tennessee does and how to counter those right. uh, roles. You're not just, hey, let's try to throw it deep to Damon Patterson and see what happens. There's actually going to be a purpose to what they want their guys to do. As a part of that game planning. And then uh, the competition. Uh, Tennessee uh, presumably will play some of the real players. And the Steelers are going to play some of the real players. And we'll see how they do. See how they do in the stadium. Will the lights be on? It's a 4 o'clock game. Yeah, They'll turn the lights on anyway. Yeah, they'll turn the lights on. Just for Tomlin? Sure. Uh, Ramon Foster's not going to play. Xavier Grimble uh, won't play. Vance McDonald and Mike Hilton. Those guys ruled out yesterday by Mike Tomlin now they're leaving the light on for the likes of Antonio Brown Morgan Burnett Daniel McCullers and T.J. Watt Uh, those
1: guys are going to have to get on a moving train though
6: Well, because they've been partial participants as Tomlin calls them uh, in practice of late the other guys the the first group more week to week Uh, Ben Roethlisberger is going to start Landry Jones is going to play and then uh, Mike Tomlin Non-specific about uh, how quarterback will go the rest of the way uh, we'll
1: see we'll see how it goes from there see how rusty landry looks that's what it said to me at least it was just sort of like well we'll see how much work landry needs yeah i think there's yeah uh, if he comes in there looks great then they get him out of there and give the other guys some some run because he's clearly number two right now and uh, they've
6: been sort of preserving him along the way and taking a more extended look at uh, the draft choice uh, from Oklahoma last State. Years. Uh Well, <laughs> yeah, Josh Dobbs last year, the fourth-rounder last year, and then Mason Rudolph, the third-rounder from Oklahoma State this year. Uh, since this is going to more resemble a real game, or at least it's supposed to more resemble a real game, the objectives will be what you'd expect in September and beyond.
7: You know, we just got to play varsity ball, and uh, you know what that is. On offense, that's Taking care of the football, dominating situational football, red zone, third downs, uh, short yardage, um, and, and playing with the tempo—a tempo that we select. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, it's being styled against the run, minimizing big plays, and winning possession downs.
6: You heard that uh, sand through the hourglass line a moment ago. That's been Tomlin's favorite <laughs> for sure this preseason. So are
0: the days of our lives. Yeah,
6: you know, if you're a rookie, <laughs> you got to take advantage of every opportunity you get. You got to keep moving forward. Uh, one of those guys that was brought up yesterday, uh, the fifth round H uh, back slash running back out of North Carolina State, Jalen Samuels. Uh, Tomlin acknowledged that Samuels is getting better, but he he was quick to add, Tomlin was that getting better is the minimum daily requirement for a rookie such
7: as Samuels. They all have, you know. If they didn't, they we wouldn't be talking about him because we'd have fired them by now. You know, this process is about growth and learning. <laughs>
1: We'd have fired him by now if they hadn't been improving. He's got to do it in stadiums when the lights are on and everybody's playing varsity ball. Yeah.
6: And you got to do it repeatedly. And some of them are going to get fired anyway because uh, his other favorite cliche of the preseason, we are 90 trying to get to 53. And
1: when does that happen
6: officially? Uh, uh, that happens uh, after the Carolina game. The, the last game is here a week from yesterday. Yep. And then the cuts
1: are made over the week, I think, Saturday at 4 p.m., uh, Labor Day weekend. Brutal for some of these guys. They've been through hell, and it ain't over yet. No, and for, and for a lot of them, it's not going to happen. But
6: right. Oh, that sucks. We shall see some uh, signings yesterday of note Chris Boswell... It's a five-year deal uh, worth a reported nineteen point seven two million. Big money, yeah, he's, boss. He's locked up through uh, twenty twenty-two now, and uh, Vince Williams a four-year deal worth the reported twenty point six million. Steelers uh, making some contractual moves. Preseason ball last night, the uh, Browns beat the Eagles five to nothing. What a score!
0: Was that was that baseball? No,
6: that was, that was football. <laughs>
0: that score.
6: Uh, Cleveland's offense was what it was, apparently. Uh, five uh, points, uh, two of those uh, presumably on a safety. But the defense had seven sacks and four turnovers. Uh, Hugh Jackson quoted thusly this morning on NFL.com, quote, I thought our defense was outstanding. If we continue to do that, it gives us a chance to win games.
1: Miles so, Garrett is a beast. What are we do? To-
6: assume from this that in an age where everybody is scoring points the Browns are trying
1: to win with defense? I mean that would be very Browns wouldn't it? It would, wouldn't it? We we said this off air yesterday, they're going to be good at some point. One of these years, they're going to be good. You don't want it to be
6: uh, on September the 9th if you're Definitely the don't want it
1: to be against you.
6: Pirates are in Milwaukee tonight, uh, first of three against the Brewers. Joe Musgrove against lefty Wade Miley. Miley's two and two with a two point one eight ERA. This is just what the Pirates needed. They haven't been able to score any runs for the last week, and now they get a tough lefty on the road. Uh Musgrove 5-7 with a 3.31 ERA. Jamison Tyone against Jolie Chassin and then Chris Archer against Chase Anderson uh, as the series finishes Saturday and Sunday. The Pirates are 63 and 65. They are eleven games behind the Cubs in the NL Central Division after the Cubs win. Against Cincinnati last night, Yikes. and uh, seven and a half back in the chase for the second National League wild card spot. The problem with that, uh, in addition to the seven and a half games back, is that uh, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, and Washington are between Pittsburgh and Colorado. So, play to look good for next year. Yep, play to establish uh, confidence. Play to gain experience. Get some self-esteem. Yeah. Don't wait, hopefully. Musgrove hopefully won't wait till he's 65. The rest of this year is just sands through the hourglass. Yeah, there's not much sand left. We're out of sand, obviously. We turned the lights on. There still wasn't any around. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, DVE Sports.
0: Thanks, Mike. When we come back, we'll be joined by local comic Colin Chamberlain. He is headlining Sean Collier presents. That's tomorrow night at Arcade Comedy Theater. That's uh, on the way. It's a DVE Morning Show. It's a DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford. Randy off for a couple of days, taking a, a long weekend vacation. Joining us now, Colin Chamberlain, headlining tomorrow. Sean Collier presents That's at 8pm Tomorrow night At Arcade Comedy Theater Thanks for getting up early
1: This is great big six, yeah, 6. 45 You big headliner
0: 6.45am comedy it's,
8: This is the best <laughs> Headlining I don't even sleep I just I just wait to do this so. When did you get to be Such a big deal? Um, I don't know I think I think there was a problem with the booking software software something. yeah some like some, like was some a fallout. email got lost maybe jeff Jeff must be busy it is That's he's it is. on vacation like, yeah jeff Conkle's in hilton head right now uh-huh. like, i don't know i don't know who else is gonna do it so yeah i don't know dude it's just like i mean you know how yeah, it is like you just wait to get to a point where someone like messages you or texts you or calls you yep you know and then you don't know why like I I don't know why I'm headlining this show tomorrow. I just know it's going to happen. <laughs> Take it and, and run with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. You know, well,
1: whenever you first start out doing stand up, there's this somebody told me this a long time ago and it was it's really true is that when you get into stand up and you want to do comedy, like you have good taste, you know what's funny. Yeah. The problem is is the gap between your taste and your ability is pretty huge. It's it's so <laughs> huge. So like it's you know you suck. Yeah. But you can't do anything about it because right. there's no way to get better except going I, up there and yeah, sucking.
8: If, if someone was like, "Hey, we would like you to become a dentist one day," but before you can like be really good at cleaning teeth, you just have to like rip someone's mouth up and like, <laughs> or, like drop right. tools everywhere. Like, you'd be like, "That's insane!" No, I would never do that. But... I know.
1: I feel so bad for like open mic crowds. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because they're there too, and I don't know why.
8: Yeah, dude. I always tell like comics that are younger than me, I'm like, don't ever bring your friends to one of these. Like, right. that would be like bringing your friends to the gym. And be like, do you want to watch me walk on the treadmill for 30 <laughs> minutes know. and not well?
1: You know? Like, I'm gonna look Fall. terrible. Yeah. Stumble. Do You want to watch me throw up after I try to deadlift something?
8: Yeah. The first time I ever did an open mic, I brought three of my friends, and I didn't go on until 1.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. Because, you know, it's like, yeah. the host is like, well, they brought a crowd. Right. You know, three people's a crowd. Right. So, they're doing
1: 17 minutes yeah, in between yeah, every exactly. call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're working
8: out their new hour. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it should be fun, dude. I mean, I don't know. You you like, you like, do all these, like, terrible shows just to, like, try to survive, and it's, then when you get to do something like this. Yeah, it's, it's that awesome. way for every
0: performer, whether you're yeah. a band or yeah. a
8: comic or... like. Even in, I mean, five years, you know, Bill, five years is nothing. You guys see all kind of comics come in here. Mm -hmm. But But no,
1: I think it's a significant benchmark because a lot of people fall off in five years. And
8: there were definitely times where it was like, oh, man, I should... I should probably get a book on how to sell insurance. Yeah. You know, like I'm just like sitting in like a, like a parking lot in New Kensington. Like, I'm just like, I was, like well, that was, that's probably the end of it. Huh? Well, you know what? That I got
1: to tell you, that feeling never goes away. Yeah, like, I yeah. quit comedy probably four times last week.
8: Yeah. Oh, oh,
1: absolutely. You oh, know absolutely. where I'm just like, why am I doing this? There, this is dumb.
8: I'll just like have days where I'm like, well, I guess it's time to update the resume on ZipRecruiter, you know, <laughs> just like, right. go through and then you realize <laughs> update you should, my monster profile yeah and then I'm like well wait I spent the last five years doing comedy so I don't have any other skills anymore it's like what was your last job you know I was like I don't know, when I used to sharpen skates at an ice rink, that still, <laughs> can I still do that? Like, yeah, is that a profession? Yeah. What's your words per minute? I was like, I have, I'm not
1: words even sure. Words per minute? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. that's how you become a successful comedian is basically you give yourself absolutely no other options. Yeah, for sure. Because it's so hard and it sucks so much that it's like if there's any other options, You're doing that. Yeah.
8: And that's a that's like why you probably take every gig too. I mean, like Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know like you can think back at some of the terrible gigs you've done. Like I did a I did a high school prom. And it it wasn't and it wasn't even like the actual dance. It was it I followed a group of high schoolers around Phipps Conservatory. (laughs) (laughs) Just shouting out comedy at them. I'm not kidding. The a guy who my dad knew called me, I was like a year in, so I don't know. Anything, right? You're not he's, smart enough. To I'm not turn smart the enough, to, or ask for like a thousand dollars. You know, like he's like, <laughs> right. "What do? I hear you're doing comedy." He's like, "You want to do a gig for me?" I was like, "Sure." He's like, "What do you get paid?" I was like, "How's fifty bucks?" I thought like that was like, I was like, that ah, he'll probably say no." You know, he's like, 50 bucks is great." Oh my god, yeah. He's like, "Come to Phipps Conservatory, <laughs> right my daughter." There is gonna be there with her friends, so I was like I was like I don't know this so this is like, like a
0: private party not it, even for the
8: school it was it's worse than that it was where they were taking pictures before the prom <laughs> so I roll up to Phipps Conservatory and I'm sitting on a bench and this dude I see a black Escalade roll up this dude comes out he's in a suit his daughter and five of her friends come out in gowns. He walks up and he's like, Colin, I didn't know you were going to be here. Hey, my buddy Colin's a comedian. And he's just like, go ahead. Do your act. Tell oh, jokes. And I followed them around while they were taking pictures. One of the moms eventually was like, um, would you mind letting us take a couple serious pictures? <laughs> Like, she got mad that I was... I was like, I, I'm just trying to, like, do like do my job. Like, I... It was, like, me and the photographer got paid standing there. I for this. Yeah. And, like I
1: picture you coming out in between the palm trees. Like, hey, how's everybody doing yeah. here tonight? Well, it's a was little a sweaty point, in here. We
8: were on an, the elevator, and, like, I'm, like, trying to run... I'm like doing crowd work. I'm like, see so you guys, you guys ever, uh, you guys ever go to class? You guys, <laughs> are you
0: guys married? Classes. Anybody married? That's terrible,
8: over huh? Pretty like, soon, oh, right? Oh man, you know, isn't chemistry the worst? You know, just like <laughs> trying to like crowd work a bunch. It was terrible. Yeah. It was so bad.
1: Yeah, I did a, uh, I did a birthday party for a 50 year old lesbian in Greensburg, and it was her bar, and she was it was celebrating her partner's uh, birthday party by throwing her a comedy show. And and honestly,
8: that's what everybody
1: wants. I mean, that's you know, I thought so.
8: Jewelry and, you know, stuff like that. A Even comic. a a comic is what you should get. You should get a comic to come and just expose their soul to you. And there was there was
1: no opening comedian. There was a drag king that walked around and gave everybody a roses. A drag king. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Little Not flip, a queen. flip the script on that one. Huh. And then they, I said, "Where's the stage?" And they said, "Oh, it's down there." And it was like a sheer sheet that was had lasers shooting all over it, like <laughs> one of those uh, Jennifer Lopez videos. And it was right in front of the bathroom. So like every couple minutes, I just had to, "Oh, you gotta go? No, you have to. You have to go. Of course." There's no thing in comedy called momentum. No, I'll be <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, right. Yeah. You no, do your please, thing. This
8: would be an excellent time for you to get up <laughs> as I prepare to get into my clothes. Oh. Yeah. It's well, it's crazy. People don't even think about like you would need. You know, they don't think like oh, they're gonna need a good host. They're gonna need like good lighting or sound. You know, like no, just, because
1: like, people don't understand what comedy is. Yeah, that's and true. and so they just think that it it's it can be anywhere at any time. Yeah, for any season <laughs> it's and like it's like a not. Mob. What's yeah.
0: the mob? thing that they do with dances. Oh and yeah, flash mob. Flash mob. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like yeah, flash yeah. mob comedy. No. happen wherever. No, yeah. it, 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 it comedy is very limited. I try to tell people that as much as possible. We're very needy. We need your attention. We need you to be quiet. We, we need you to laugh a lot to give us self-esteem. And then, the, you know, if all things go well, it's still probably not great so
4: (laughs) tomorrow night
0: no chatter amongst yourselves but laugh a lot uh colin chamberlain headlining tomorrow night sean collier presents uh 8 p.m show at arcade comedy theater where can people get tickets
8: tickets online at the uh, our
4: buddy tim ross is on the show as well on it sean's hosting
8: should be a lot of fun always fun to do a show with one of the colliers I feel a little I feel very special. Yeah. You know?
4: I
1: feel smarter. Jeans boy. Have you have mm-hmm. you seen
8: Jeans boy go up? You know, it's fantastic.
4: Yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah, go to that show best. tomorrow
0: night. Colin Chamberlain, thanks for coming in this of morning. I've uh, news coming up next, and uh, we'll be joined seven fifteen. We uh, had a chance to talk to D. Snyder yesterday, so that's coming up. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's fifty four degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The identity of one of the two men pulled from two Pittsburgh rivers has been confirmed. Daniel Walker of McKees Rocks pronounced dead after being pulled from Chartiers Creek near where it flows into the Ohio River last night and another body found in the mon river right by the fort Pitt bridge police are trying to determine what led to their deaths and if they might be connected a new study claims drinking any alcohol at all is dangerous to a person's health a study published in the journal the lancet shows alcohol was a leading cause of nearly one in 10 deaths in people ages 15 to 49 worldwide in 2016 it claims alcohol is a factor in 2.8 million deaths a year for all ages. Those deaths include alcohol-related cancer and cardiovascular diseases, in addition to suicide and traffic accidents. Study authors said the most surprising discovery was that even small amounts of alcohol use contributed to health loss. Just a little sip? Just a little sip is just a little bad.
1: What about um, 21 Michelob Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Is
0: that bad? Mm, well, you know, you just use your best judgment, I guess. Okay. Police in New Mexico were called to a laundromat on Tuesday to deal with two goats who kept wandering in and out. Officers captured them a short distance away and returned them to their owner. But what makes this strange is that this isn't really the only case of goats wandering about this month earlier this week. Transit police in New York City were called to remove a pair of goats that had wandered onto outdoor subway tracks in Brooklyn. Dozens of goats escaped a livestock auction in New Jersey and about a hundred goats wandered into a neighborhood in Boise, Idaho and ate everybody's shrubs. (laughs) I don't know if they were one of those, hire the goats to eat your weeds, then they escaped, but I
5: don't think
4: so,
1: but I don't know who has that many goats on hand. I don't know either. That's a ton of goats. My neighbor borrowed a goat a few weeks ago. You want one so bad.
0: I want a Did goat. you have
1: goat jealousy like were you I did have goat
0: jealousy coveting
1: that goat like yes. did you say can I borrow your goat from I wanted the to but
0: she had borrowed
1: it from someone else so Here's my question though how, if they eat everything how come they're not all insanely fat?
0: Uh you can see some pretty fat goats.
1: Okay. Cuz the only goats I ever see they you know you can see their ribs and I'm just wondering like if these guys are eating whole hillsides <laughs> The hell, they're what's, not
0: in that union. I what's guess. their secret? I although I want a pygmy goat, and I don't think that they're good for for clearing hillsides. No,
1: they're good for yoga. Though you can set one goat on yoga. your on your back.
0: Yeah, I, I want to do that so bad. <laughs> Why? I because
1: they're cute. <laughs> they are cute. They just boing 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 bounce all over the place. How? Like I don't understand them though. Like what? What is a pygmy goat? Like what even? It's just tiny. Just a tiny goat. Just a tiny goat. It's like the little people of goats.
0: Uh, like I guess. They just,
1: None of them get big. Their parents are pygmies. And, I guess so, yeah. Or is that something that happens to a regular goat family?
0: I don't think so. Okay. Regular goats, I'm sure, clear the land much quicker than a pygmy goat.
1: Yeah. Still think that's the best option for Kenny Chesney concert cleanup.
0: <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> Bring in the goats, release the goats. Uh, guys, you might be too smart to find a date. A new study found there is such a thing as being too smart to date. Researchers found women preferred guys who are in the 90th percentile of intelligence, not the 99th. Why is that? Well, it's because they believed guys who were geniuses were too high maintenance and they were not good in social situations. <laughs> now, if you're wondering if there's also such a thing as being too handsome, nope. Uh, women totally cool with de- uh, dating someone in the 99th percentile in that category and when you flip it to what men are looking for, uh, they just want somebody maxed out in every category. <laughs> right. So no such thing as too smart or too good looking. What
1: do we want? We want it all. That's what we want. And the What best. do you guys want? Oh, just somebody who isn't Like insanely smart? (laughs) Like a beautiful mind smart? Like a guy who writes equations on windows smart?
0: (laughs) In other dating news, women can make a surprisingly accurate prediction of how rich a guy is just by looking at his face for a few seconds, but men do not have the same ability with women.
1: Surprise!
0: How do women do it? Well, researchers found that women could tell by how attractive a guy is uh, or could tell by how attractive he is by how his skin looks and what they see in his eyes. So a lot of that could come from money leading to more confidence, a better diet, and a better lifestyle overall.
1: Hmm. What if you're dead behind the eyes? Because there's Mm. definitely people that have that problem. That is true. But are very successful. That is true. Look at all the Kardashians. They probably
0: still have great skin, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they have products for that. Because
0: they can afford it.
1: I always think like, oh, you know what? I'm really going to start taking care of my skin. It's important. And then it never works out that way. Yeah. Like one or two treatments or anything like that. Like I'll get like the clean and clear, the scrub or whatever. The toner. Yeah. Or just the, uh, I don't know, they're called like the micro beads. And then there's a story that comes out. I know. Bad for the environment. And then I get shamed. I'm like, hey guys, I didn't create the product. (laughs) I bought the product. Why is it available if it's so bad? (laughs) Just use a scrub brush. Oh, on my face? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to use a wire brush. Just come Get in all the bloody dead skin the next off.
0: day. Uh, what phrase always makes you roll your eyes when you see it in a work email? According to a survey by Adobe, 25% of respondents say the phrase that really gets them is, not sure if you saw my last email.
1: <laughs> Wanted to circle back about that last email, guys. <laughs>
0: Uh, here are some other work email phrases that really get under people's skin. Uh, not sure uh, well, not sure if you saw my last email. number one. number two, per my last email per, which is pretty much the same thing. Yeah. per our conversation. Any updates on this? Sorry for the double email please advise
1: it's all just people getting annoyed that they're getting called out for not replying to an email that sounds like it yeah as previously stated
0: as discussed and (laughs) reattaching for convenience
1: hey guys wanted to drill down on that email that i sent Uh, per our conversation (laughs) let's double back i wanted to just circle back on this you guys want to drill down (laughs) all right Uh, we'll have a sidebar
0: and I was not aware uh, MacGyver is still on television. What? Or is coming back. Maybe I don't know if it's not back He's yet. He's still
1: on television? Federal, what channel?
0: Well, federal investigators looking into an incident on the set of CBS's show MacGyver it seriously injured a stunt coordinator. A spokesman for the U.S. Department of Labor told Deadline Hollywood that OSHA is conducting the investigation into the incident on Monday that left... Justin Sunquist in a medically induced coma. I had no idea that show was still on.
1: No, is it like is it a reboot? I, I think it is. It's gotta yeah, be. Yeah, there's yeah. It's it came. Who was the guy in that
0: show? Dean.
1: I don't know, but Dean. that guy was awesome. He's just known to me as MacGyver.
0: Yeah, he used. I think he used to be in soap operas.
1: I loved that show. That show was so funny. Because it just made you feel like you could make a bomb out of literally anything. Like, oh, God. All we have is a paper clip, two batteries, and a piece of Big Red. Well, we am going to blow our way out of We're here. We're in luck. <laughs>
4: That's
0: just what I needed. This is an explosive. Richard Dean Anderson.
1: Richard Dean was Anderson. Was the guy's name. He's, he's either going to be a very successful actor or... Or a serial
0: killer, <laughs> right? They always have name. three names. <laughs> I wonder if he is. Uh, I'm gonna see if he's on Twitter. See what he's up to.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he's like still on Twitter, like uh, Steve Gutenberg. Remember when Bert came in here the one day and he said he tweeted out like it's a, I'm having a Steve Bo- Gutenberg kind of day, <laughs> and Steve Gutenberg like got back to him because uh, he was still on Twitter. Yeah, Mahoney. Just rocking it out on Twitter. Richard
0: Dean Anderson is on Twitter, but has not posted anything since 2016.
1: Well, that's when this show was rebooted. So. And I don't know if it was like MacGyver Jr., like if he had a son.
0: Yeah, I don't know. God.
1: he Messed his diaper. Well, there is two pieces of paper, <laughs> a phone cord, and a mouse. I can make something happen. <laughs> per our last conversation.
0: Uh, Stevie Wander is set to lead an all-star lineup of artists who will perform at Aretha Franklin's funeral. The late Queen of Souls service will take place August 31st at Greater Grace Temple in Detroit. The list of artists set to perform also includes Jennifer Husba- Hudson, Shakira, Khan, Faith Hill, and Franklin's son Edward, among others. Aretha died of pancreatic cancer August 16th at the age of 76, and a pink Cadillac motorcade is being planned for her funeral. That's awesome. Finally, legendary guitarist Ed King has died at the age of 68. King played both uh, guitar and bass for Leonard Skinnerd and co-wrote the song Sweet Home Alabama. His voice is heard during the intro of the song, counting up to three. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006, along with the rest of the band. King suffered congestive heart failure, forcing him to leave Skinnerd in 1996. He had quit. He was only in the band for the first three albums and then came back later. In 2011, he did undergo a successful heart transplant. His family announced his death following a tough battle with cancer. And if you haven't seen the Leonard Skinner documentary Mm -hmm. from Showtime, If I Leave Here Tomorrow, you got to watch it.
1: It's amazing. I mean, I only saw the first half hour of it, but it's really, really good.
0: Uh, he also co-wrote uh, I Need You, working for MCA, Swamp Music, Saturday Night Special, and Whiskey Rock and Roller. And he we talked last hour about he quit the band after a show in Pittsburgh.
1: <laughs> I can't do this anymore. You guys are showing up late. My guitar's breaking.
0: Yeah, because Ronnie just killed him backstage after the show because his, uh, his two guitar strings broke during Freebird. And he was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. You guys are too violent. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a guy from California and just, you know, saw them playing once and said, "Hey, man, if you ever need a guitarist,"
1: and he was they called like the him Bo up. Bennett of just a nice California nice, kid who just yeah. really didn't want to get nasty.
0: Yeah, seemed like he never really kind of fit in with those guys who you know all knew each other, but. Uh, so today is a Skynyrd Friday on DVE. They play the Farewell Tour, uh, stopping at KeyBank Pavilion tomorrow, along with 38 Special, Marshall Tucker Band, and Hank Williams Jr. So we're gonna play a ton of Skynyrd music all day long, and remember Ed King nice. as well. But gotta get to an interview. Uh, Dee Snyder joining us, and uh, Dee Snyder gonna be at Jurgles. Uh, coming up Sunday night, so fortunately we have the opportunity to talk to D. Thanks for joining us this morning, D.
9: Glad to be here. Yeah,
0: you, you know, you sound great. You look great. You've got a new album out for the love of metal. It's number one on the album chart or the metal charts. Yeah. And this is a this is a little more. It's a little different sound. It's a little more aggressive. A contemporary metal album. What made you decide to? adjust the sound a little bit and who did you work with to get that sound
9: well you know when i joined twisted sister many 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 years ago it was already an existing band those who may have watched the documentary on the band called we are twisted blanking sister a really great documentary actually that covers the fact that the band existed for 10 years before it exploded on mtv um but when I joined the band, it was a it was a glitter band, which, which glitter is a term, an old term that mm-hmm. references bands like David Bowie, T Rex, Alice Cooper, early seventies New York Dolls. So and I like that stuff, but I also was a metalhead, and as the only songwriter in the band, I combined my love for heavy metal with my love for that glitter rock of the early seventies, and that became the Twisted Sister sound, and very much became part of the eighties. I'm holding the quotations of hair metal mm-hmm. sound, but now as a solo artist with the band retiring two years ago, I could really do whatever I'm free to do whatever I want. And when Jamie Jasta, lead singer of a hardcore metal band called Hatebreed, on his podcast, a very talented guy, a lot of people know him from um, Headbangers Ball, he um, on MTV, he when he challenged me to do a a contemporary metal record. Uh, I jumped at the opportunity because I am a, I call myself OG metalhead, day mm-hmm. one, first Sabbath album, first Zeppelin album. I go back before when it was called Hard Rock, and I've always been a metalhead. My kids are metalheads. I've continued to go to shows and listen to new music, so the idea of doing something that might, and this was the, this was the challenge, that it might fit in with today's music, to me that was a dream, And the fact that it's number one on the metal charts for three weeks now, it entered number 20 on the Billboard charts. I haven't been on the Billboard charts in over 30 years. (laughs) So to me, this is like like a revelation.
0: Dee Snider at Jurgles this Sunday. Now, are people coming to your shows expecting a Twisted Sister show?
9: This is the odd thing here. Um, This record was a Field of Dreams record. It was, there was no, and the reason it's called For the Love of Metal is that we had no, rec- had no record deal. I had no budget. Jamie Jost challenged me, and out of our own pockets, in our spare time, we went into the studio, and, and so many other people from other great bands, metal bands, joined us, but it was just like a labor of love, with no, we didn't know would it be released, would it be a deal, would it, it was a ex- grand experiment. So the only shows that I have now that this album came out and it's 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 reacting were existing D Snyder shows. Mm-hmm. So I've been caught in the middle of it the D Snyder shows were expected to be very much, you know, D doing Twisted Sister favorites kind mm-hmm. of thing. And um so now people are asking for the new album. People are showing up with the new album. That's gotta again, feel great. It feels great. I haven't experienced it in over thirty years. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I've done a couple of records in the meantime. D does Broadway, and and uh, and um, we are the ones, and they didn't connect or react in any fashion. You know, almost did it for myself. Um, so here, all of a sudden, people are asking. So, if this jungle show, these shows are. Heavily Twisted Sister shows—they're heavily classic shows—but um, I'm doing a couple of new songs now in other shows, and it's becoming more like over at these festivals. I'm going down to Mexico, in Europe. This record is reacting hugely. Mm-hmm. Half the show is new material, and the demand, even here in the states, is growing. For people who want to hear these new songs. But this show, I've got a couple new songs. Uh, so if you want to go to the bathroom at a certain point in the show, feel free. Uh, you know, <laughs> I call new songs the bathroom break. You know, and I, I'm not the only one. I've heard Elton John talk about this. I've heard I've heard Paul McCartney talk about this. You, know, you do a new song, and it's like the audience's eyes glaze over, <laughs> and, and, every, and there's a rush to get a hamburger. Uh, you know, it's – So, so but you see it. For the, they think we're blind. Like, I can't see when people actually are leaving the room. I talk about it on stage. And the audience laughs because they thought we didn't know. Yeah. How can we not know we've got the best view in the house? So, uh, they, you know, we, uh, uh, you know so I'm doing a couple new songs, Twisted Classics. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I also get a chance as a solo artist. I get a chance to do songs that I always wanted to do. But I couldn't because I was in Twisted Sister. So you know, that's you know, you're, you're that band. As a solo artist, I can sort of play fast and loose with the rules. So it's a fun show, uh, and I look forward to it. And uh, and I'm, you know, and uh, you know, Pittsburgh rocks. You know.
0: Do you have any great memories of playing Pittsburgh? Any specific you know, things are, you remember?
9: Uh, you, know, you know, specifically, I'm not going to lie to you. And say, oh yeah, I remember. <sighs> I just remember that when you get to the Midwest, and Pittsburgh is very much, you know, you start on the East Coast and you end on the Midwest. Yeah. Really the heartland for heavy metal. And in before the 80s explosion out in Los Angeles, everybody goes, oh, yes, yes. No, it thrived and survived in Pittsburgh, Chicago, Detroit, Dayton. You know, this the Midwest, it was like you, you, you was like Midwest always loved heavy metal. It wasn't a fad in any way. Mm-hmm. So um i you know great you know Steel Town. Come on, I mean you yeah, know. Yep. So I mean this is it is metal. Yeah, <laughs> <so. laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, So, uh, you know, so is it, is it a great specific great memories? No, it's just that when Twisted came out of the East Coast and we arrived, it was like, ah, all right, here they are. <laughs> here, here's the fans. Here they are. So it was awesome.
0: Uh, Steven Tyler just sent a cease and desist letter to President Trump asking him to stop playing uh, Living on the Edge at his rallies or appearances. Now, you're friends with the president and he, I believe, has played your music at his rallies in the past, right?
9: Yes, he has.
0: And, and how did that go over?
9: Well, this is, you know, this is, this is, again, requires a little more of an answer. I became really friendly with the Trump family during my tenure. And it seems like that because I was on, involved in two and a half seasons um, on, on Celebrity Apprentice. And, you know, uh, and we connected as people and um, socialized, did charity work together, great stuff for St. Jude's and other projects as well. And, so would you um, I like call him very much? Would you call him a friend? I definitely called them friends, and I say them meaning the family. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed with the family. Um, when now, one thing, and and this, and I don't think there's one person in the in your listening audience would disagree. The rules of conduct in in socializing are: you don't talk about sports, you don't talk about religion, and you don't talk about politics. And we never did. Socializing, we're hanging out, we're having right. dinner, we're, having, we're enjoying each other's company. One of my best friends in the world, we wear opposing teams' baseball hats. <laughs> and these teams hate each other so much. In 20 years, we've never mentioned each other's hats. Wow. We wear them ev- every time. And I know it, the day that we do, that will be the end of our relationship. It's done. Because these teams hate each other with a passion. Yet we've never mentioned it because we know, don't go there. We're having a very nice time together. So um, when uh, President Trump ran for office, he called me. And when he was running, he said, hey, can I use what i got going to take it? And this is a friend. And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, man, it's a hell-raising song. Yeah. Raise some hell. So I figured I knew he was going to ra- raise some hell. Then he started... Um, talking about what he stood for, mm-hmm. and I disagree with a lot. And one of the big things is I am pro-choice to a fault. When I say pro-choice to a fault, I mean woman's right to choose. Mm-hmm. I'm a concealed carrier. I am, uh, you know, I, am a, I fought against censorship. I am an amendments guy. And when we started seeing these things, uh, in, uh, his um, political views infringing on those things, in my view, I picked up the phone, and I called him, I said, listen, I need you to stop using the song, uh, because we don't see eye to eye, and people think I'm endorsing your beliefs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said, okay, and stopped that night. And, um, And I said, are we cool here? And he said, hey, man... We've done so much great stuff together, of course we are. So, I mean, we agree to disagree, and I thought that was pretty classy. A, so many people don't even ask Mm -hmm. for permission, and B, others you have to literally, you know, throw up or put up a lawsuit. I just called him up and said, hey man, I need you to stop, and he stopped. So, um, we unfortunately, you know, we we are not on the same page politically.
0: Have you talked to him since he got elected?
9: Um. No. Um. I have not. He's president now. All <laughs> to, my, tough oh to tough to reach. Yeah, I know. I know. People say, oh, but well, he, you know, he calls up everybody. Blah blah blah. Um. I think you know he's got to be in the club to get into that in, in there. And you know, so Omarosa was in the club. Apparently, she's not anymore. <laughs> she is definitely you know, she's, not. <laughs> she's not in the club anymore. Uh. You know. You know. One thing I just want to say. You know. And and this is my feeling about. Disagreeing or agreeing, you know. I grew up at a time where you, uh, you, you, you know, you supported your candidate, and if your candidate lost, you accepted the fact that your candidate lost, and you said, "All right, this the decision's been made, and this is our president, mm-hmm. and I got to give him a chance and the benefit of the doubt." You know what I mean? And and that's how I've played it. And um, am I agreeing with everything? Uh, that he's doing. No. Am I disagreeing with everything he's doing? No. I, I think there's some great things that he's done, actually. So, you know, I just think that, hey, you know, this is the way it goes. This is, you know, this is how our country is built. You know, you run for office. If you lose, you, you graciously concede and you support the person who won.
0: D. Snyder, get the new record for the love of metal and see him this Sunday night at Jurgles. D. Thanks for getting up early to, to talk to us this morning.
9: Can I just tell you one last thing? Absolutely. In sort of regards, one of the songs on the record is called "American Made." It's my new single. Uh, I've got a video coming out shortly for it, and it's it's, it's my new. We're not going to take it. It's a huge anthem, but its inspiration was the Olympics. I was watching the Olympics, and I was taken with the fact that there was no republican or democrat section in the stands that you're right all americans were cheering United. on their countrymen and i noticed there was no brexit or no brexit section in the english stands they were cheering on their countrymen and it made me realize that america and a lot of countries are like dysfunctional families you know <laughs> we're at each other's throats but when push comes to shove we stand together and, and, and I was taken with that and that was the inspiration for this song American Made, which is a song of unity. And I hope, I hope it reminds people, let's not forget. And we know in our heart of hearts, hey, Christmas in my house was ugly this year. <laughs> I have a big fam- family and the Trumps and no Trumps. Boy, it nearly came to fisticuffs. I'm Ooh. telling you honestly at Christmas. <laughs> We're talking about grandparents. Okay. I mean, but. I know that if anybody was ever to come up against any of me and my family members, we would stand together against them. So, I mean, and this is America. So let's not forget, we're American made.
0: It's Dee Snyder. Thanks, Dee. Pleasure. It's a DVE Morning Show.
4: DVE Sports.
0: I'm Mike Pursuita
6: for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Citizens Bank. The Steelers are getting ready for preseason game number three Saturday afternoon. The Tennessee Titans are in town, and Mike Tomlin said the Steelers have treated uh, this week as if it were a regular season week. Their schedule has been what it'll be during the regular season. That being the case, on the south side at least, yesterday was Friday. Yep. They ran a normal Friday schedule, which is different from the Thursday schedule, which is different from the Wednesday schedule. Today's Saturday. It can get very confusing. But uh, tomorrow the ball will be kicked off, and the Steelers will play it uh, at least for a while, as if it matters. Most of their secondary will be on display, and cornerback Joe Hayden thinks that's a good thing. Uh, he assesses the
5: Steelers' secondary as more than talented. Super talented, man. Really, really special. We got a lot of high draft picks in that room, you know, that are really coming along with Artie and SD, uh, Morgan, um, Terrell. You know, myself. We just got a lot of guys that play some ball and um, younger dudes that are very, very talented. So just, it's not like I said again. The talent isn't the thing. It's just us out there executing, and um, we have the players to do it.
6: Hey, makes a good point. Uh, The two starting cornerbacks, Artie Burns, first rounder in 2016. Hayden was the first rounder of the Browns in 2010 the 7th overall pick that year Safety Morgan Burnett who may or may not play against Tennessee a 3rd round pick of Green Bay in 2010 Sean Davis 2nd rounder of the Steelers in 2016 Uh, Nickelback Mike Hilton came into the league as an undrafted rookie so he doesn't quite have the same pedigree but uh, the 2 guys that will also play presumably a lot this season uh, Cam Sutton a third rounder of the Steelers in 17 and Terrell Edmonds this year's first rounder. So it's, I like cam Sutton a lot. Everybody does. Everybody likes most of these guys. Will it work collectively better than it did last year, man? I hope strange year for their defense last year in that, uh, it worked well for a while and it would break down periodically. And then when Ryan Shazier was lost, it just kind of all fell apart. And, uh, that can't happen again this year or it's going to be harder than it needs to be. Uh, Do
1: you think an underappreciated part of that story was not just Ryan Shazier going down in that game but Tyler Madikovich going down almost immediately afterwards so their depth was completely just gutted right away?
6: Yeah, they do. I don't. Okay, I haven't seen a lot out of Tyler Madikovich at linebacker this preseason that would lead me to believe that he would have helped i think he's one of those special teams guys at least right now um, which is why john bostick is on the squad and has since been uh, elevated to a uh, first team along with vince williams uh, we talked a minute ago about the Steelers treating us like a regular season week uh, that included using the crowd noise yesterday at practice they do this uh they used to just do it when they were going on the road for the offense and uh A while back, they started doing it for home games as well when the defense uh, is working because the home crowd is cheering against the opposing offense. And
5: Joe Hayden said, believe it or not, that stuff uh, has value. You really get something out of it because while we're out there on defense, we can't really hear each other trying to make the checks, trying to make the calls. So we got to use a lot of hand signals, got to get that communication right. So, I mean, I think it helps us out a whole lot because you really, honestly, you can't hear each other talking out there. It's
1: that loud on the
5: field. Seriously, if you come out there on the field and just try to talk to me, me and you standing right here, it's, it's, it's tough to hear.
1: Have you been there when they're doing that? Oh
6: yeah, it, it's I'm on the sideline right next to the thing, and the big speakers are right there, and it's incredibly
1: irritating <laughs> for bet. us watching,
6: because you know the offense will break the huddle and they turn it up, and then the quarterback's doing the signals and they turn it up, and they really. Are you
1: in labs and and Dulac doing hand signals? <laughs> yeah, we normally have one universal hand signal. That, yeah, just that one. That we exchange. First <laughs> express, express our true feelings
6: for <laughs> one another. You know, since we were talking to Joe Hayden yesterday uh, and since he used to play for the Cleveland Browns, had to ask him if he's been uh, following along with
5: Hard Knocks. I missed the last episode. I saw the first two.
4: know <laughs> some of those guys?
6: impress you or surprise
5: you? Nah, it's just a lot of the stuff I've seen before. You know, there's some, it's some, it's some characters over there. You know, um, so it's just a, it's a, it's a fun watch. You get to really see the inside of stuff of what the coaches are really saying. So I mean, it's a very interesting point of view. I know from the fans because I know for me, you don't really know what the GMs and coaches are really talking about in their in their, uh when they're in their offices. So it's it's a little it's a little different.
6: Would you like to do that here?
5: I think you think it would be cool. I think it would be cool. I mean, I, mean, I think it's a little it's a little different here they're, they're kind of blunt you kind of know what's going on <laughs> coach T doesn't doesn't sugarcoat too much I'd like to see wow.
6: Mike
1: Tomlin
5: dealing oh with this place Oh my displays.
6: god
1: I would love to see that
5: I think it,
6: from everything I hear people would have a completely different perception of him but I don't think No it, way the Steelers are going to do would, it though I think maybe at gunpoint Yeah that's that's about it uh, Man that
1: third episode of Hard Knocks made the Browns look pretty damn good I'm starting to like – I'm like, oh, my God, the Kool-Aid's a little close. Maybe I just take a little sip, and I'm like, come on, you know better. Or Todd Haley and uh,
6: Greg Williams will try to kill each other. (laughs) Yeah. And Hugh Jackson won't know what to do about it, and they'll implode from within like (laughs) they do. Uh, Steelers signed Chris Boswell and Vince Williams to contract extensions yesterday. Uh, Four years for Williams, five for Boswell. Pirates in Milwaukee tonight. Uh, they're going to try to remember how to score runs. they got a tough assignment. Good luck. Tough assignment along those lines. Uh, Wade Miley's only 2-2 two two for the Brewers, but he's got a 2.18 ERA. Joe Musgrove gets the ball for the Bucks, 5-7, 3.31. That's DVE
0: Sports. Thanks, Mike. When we come back, we'll be joined by Cam Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the DVE Morning Show. It's the D D E Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford and Mike Pursuit. Randy Bauman off this morning. Joining us now, Cam Hayward, brought to us by Don's Appliances. Cam, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you today?
10: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Good. Hey, um, of course, appreciate you joining us in the preseason, not waiting until the regular season. Love that you're doing right. that. Do you, do you expect to play long enough tomorrow night to break a sweat?
10: <laughs> I definitely do. I'm excited to play to, uh tomorrow we uh think we're gonna have a lot more of our starters out uh and uh hopefully i get some quality reps
6: cam uh, mike tomlin was uh hammering home to us yesterday that you guys are doing a regular season week in terms of your schedule and your prep does it ever confuse you as it does me when it's thursday and they tell you it's friday
10: yes um, <laughs> it, it makes like literally i'm all throwing off uh because, like, there's a lot of prep that goes along, whether it's film study, getting your your massages in, um, just trying to take care of your body. Uh, and then me and my wife always have date night on Friday, so we had it last night. So all this stuff is going in, uh, just trying to make it a real game week.
1: One thing that does make sense is Friday is payday, and there was a couple bag alerts yesterday on the south side. Talk about uh, the boss getting paid in your boy 98.
10: Right. Uh... You know, I'm so happy for those guys. Um, First of all, um, I don't even know who I should start with first because they both got paid. Uh, (laughs)
4: I'll
10: start start with Boz. Um, You know, Boz is, you know, he's a reliable kicker. Everybody remembers how Boz came in. Um, We were down pretty bad when it came to kickers. Um, I think we had just lost Sweetsome for the year um, in the Hall of Fame game. Um, I think we... We First, we picked up somebody else, and he was terrible. And then we got
1: Scobie, right?
10: Scobie. Scobie. Uh, yeah. When you're well, now, the other guy kick- got
6: hurt in kicking off in the preseason.
10: Yeah. I can't yeah. remember his name, who, but who the, was it? the little dumpy guy? <laughs> the one that uh, the one that had like a TV show?
1: Was it Shane Graham? I
10: I, I couldn't tell you. I just remember. <laughs> That's first- how
1: short he was here. <laughs> <laughs> didn't catch his name it was
10: uh, I, I, yeah it was very short uh and then scoby came in and uh i remember his first team meeting he was telling everybody he he could beat tiger woods in some golf and we're like but we need you to kick <laughs> <laughs> you to play golf uh, dude right uh and you know we found our way to buzz and Bob has been one of the most reliable kickers in that time, and uh, I'm glad we got him. Uh, I just hope one day they finally take me off field goal because it sucks being on field
4: goal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> what is, about what about Vince yeah. though, Cam? Because that that to me was obviously a story that was you know it's your side of the ball, but just you know you've been ground zero witnessing that guy's journey, his grind, his hustle, and to be able to get an extension like that is a is a big deal.
10: Oh. Man, I'm so happy for Vince. Uh, You know, Vince is a guy that works his tail off. Um, You know, I would say he's, everybody always thought he was going to be a special teams guy. But, you know, the way he produced and the way he, you know, studied and, you know, got his body in a better shape. You know, Vince is a stealer because, you know, you know, he's going to give you everything he's got. If anybody doesn't know Vince, he's the one guy that, you know, he's not just a rah-rah guy. He's going to play with every emotion he's got. Uh, that guy plays 100 miles per hour. Um, you know, even this year, he's challenged – he already told me, you know I'm going to have more sacks than you. And I was like, hmm. okay, <laughs> well, then we're going to have to quit running plays for you then. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm I'm very excited to see that uh, Vince is going to be here for the long haul. Um, you know, it's, a, it's another core guy that I think is going to help us win a Super Bowl.
6: What's the appropriate uh, response now? Does he have to take the defense out to dinner? Is there, when a guy gets a deal, is there something that he's got to do for the group?
10: Oh, yeah, there's there's going to be something. Um, <laughs> I don't know what, but Vince is going to hold it down. And, hey, he, uh, Boz has got to hold it down for the field goal team, too. Um, we take a lot of hits to keep him clean and make sure he doesn't get his kick blocked.
6: Uh, Cam, we were a couple of us were talking to Joe Hayden yesterday and the subject of hard knocks came up. Now I, I know the Steelers are never gonna do this willingly, but would would you like to, to be a a featured player in hard knocks someday?
10: No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know what that entails because one, you gotta have a losing record um to even be on the list. Um and you gotta make not make the playoffs. So those are two things I really don't want to happen. And then, you know, I, I I like the the mystery that goes on in, this, in in our our uh organization. I like the fact that the fans don't need to know everything, but they get to see the the final quality on on Sundays. Um A little mystery know. might be good. Right. You know, you don't want to see how your your burgers cook. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been yeah, watching this kidding. season of the Browns? No. No. I I got asked ask that last week, but I, I I just have no, like, you know, desire to watch another team. It's just, you know, that's just not my cup of tea.
1: Did you see the picture of Baker Mayfield with his shirt off standing in front of a Bentley with a Tiger?
10: I did, and I – um I so I showed Landry and I was like Landry, this is what you guys do. (laughs) (laughs) Landry is like, I'm I'm gonna pray for this guy because he's gonna need a lot of prayer this season.
4: (laughs) I want to
1: see Landry and like without his shirt off in front of like a Subaru Outback and uh like a a beagle or something like a rescue dog.
10: (laughs) Right, that is totally Landry. More down to earth. Landry being all flannel.
1: Yeah. uh,
6: Check shirt, hunting dog, ball cap.
10: Right, and it might even be overall jeans. Let, let's be <laughs> <Yeah>. honest, is <Leasures>, very <laughs> unique. Yeah.
6: Hey, Camp. Speaking of mystery, uh, do you feel much more secure now that they got that big tarp thing up, protecting the <laughs> practice field? Uh,
10: we're we're getting there. Um, you know, it doesn't cover our whole facility yet. Oh, uh,
4: so it does <laughs> uh, but uh, you know,
10: you just wanna, you just want you just want to keep. Um, Outsiders out. Uh, I I think uh, I forget who's behind us. Uh,
7: the
6: FBI you know, is mean. one of them. <laughs>
10: the FBI is yes. Oh wow. <laughs> no, but I I heard someone was always telling people as they came in this was a big selling point uh, because we get to look at Steelers practice. Uh, I think they might be a little bit ticked off now that we're just practice.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bill Belichick's gonna probably have to buy another facility. A higher-up <laughs> elevation.
0: <laughs> our uh, our producer, Joe, says Garrett Hartley is the other kicker that was That was cut.
1: it.
6: Oh, yeah. Oh,
10: that's right. He
6: was the guy that got yeah. hurt. In, he kicked off, I think, in Buffalo. Didn't he yeah. have a hunting show? Sh- yes.
10: Yes, yes. Um, we were trying to find out more information, but then he was gone the next week.
1: <laughs> Cam, there was a great article about uh, Big Dan McCullers and it was talking about how he has a hard time uh, getting mad for his job D- don't you think though that it's a little bit like he's he's protecting everybody else from him getting mad kind of like bruce banner not wanting to go hulk in front of the avengers cuz he can't control himself
10: we're we're getting there with dan um you know it's hard to make dan mad but uh you know um Sometimes you just gotta let Dan be himself, and uh, you know he's a he's a big individual. You know he's like the Hulk, but it's never like the Hulk turns back. It's just he's always that big. Um, and you know you just want you want Dan to be you know the most dominant player out there. Um, you know we know he's capable of it because. Literally, I saw him this, I saw in this training camp throw offensive linemen. And, you know, there was one year he even, I think he tore a guy's quad by throwing him so hard.
4: Oh, my God. Um, oh my God.
10: Yeah, yeah. And that guy had to, you know, he was on the waiver list because we couldn't keep
4: him. Uh,
10: you, you felt bad for the kid, but we were like, Hey Dan, like, can we get that every play? It wasn't Garrett <laughs> Hartley? Was it? <laughs> I, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> but uh, Dan, we need you to throw Scobie. Uh, we need you to throw him out of the facility, please.
10: Yeah, you know, and I think having Dan, you know, grow, um, you know, we gave. I think they uh, offered him a one-year deal, and I think that really lit a fire under him this year. And uh, Dan's just looking to be a more complete player this year.
0: Cam, thanks for joining us this morning. Good luck tomorrow against the Titans. Kickoff 4 o'clock. At pre-game gets underway here at noon on your flagship for Steelers football, 102.5 DVE. Cam, brought to us by Dawn's Appliances. We'll talk to you next week.
10: Thank you. Appreciate it. See you guys later. See you, Cam. Thanks, Cam.
0: Sean Casey joins us coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. I've got news next. And, of course, you know, you got to get a good night's sleep when you're hitting the football field. And we know what a good night's sleep, how important it is because... We hardly ever get one, but how can
6: we get a good night's sleep, Mike Bersuda? You guys know you got to start with the mattress. And uh, while the sand uh, may be indeed running through the hourglass (laughs) uh, in terms of mattress buying, now is the time to act. You still have time. Mattress firm's most popular deal is back, and that makes this the best time of the year to buy from Mattress Firm. Shop the Labor Day sale. For a limited time, you can save up to 600 bucks across America's best-selling brands. Don't miss your chance to get a free adjustable base with your purchase of $599 or more. That's a value of up to $699. Hurry in before those sell out. All beds are on sale. You can get a Beautyrest Queen for just $497 or a up Memory Foam Queen for their lowest price ever at $397. Mattress Firm's 129 low-price guarantee allows you to shop with confidence. Don't be any price on comparable mattresses, even ones bought from Mattress Firm, for up to 120 nights. And when they say all beds are on sale, they mean it. Mattress Firm's lowest price mattresses start at $37. You can also get 0% APR for six years. That's the best financing Mattress Firm has to offer. Don't delay. The sale ends soon. Get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for the price of a twin. Call 1-866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms subject to credit approval.
2: And Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience, is that what it's Led called? Led
0: Zeppelin Evening. Evening. Not Experience. They, Jimmy Page took that name from him.
2: <laughs> he should have called it In the Evening.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: In the Evening with Jason Bonham. But then yeah, everybody would have thought, thought they were going to play All In Through the Outdoor. Mm-hmm. Which was, the, a lot of people think, the crappiest Led Zeppelin album. Because Robert Plant and John Paul Jones had to do everything. Because Jimmy Page was so strung out and John <laughs> or, and John Bonham was just boozing. I'll say, do you ever hear any stories about John Bonham? You know, they just put a statue up of John Bonham
4: mm-hmm.
2: in his hometown, which I said they should have had it vomiting constantly, <laughs> like a fountain. Just <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> kids running le- under it, <laughs> exactly. playing in it when it's hot out. <laughs> just a lesson to you kids.
3: <laughs> this is what can happen. Randy Bellman and the DVE
10: Morning Show.
0: It's six minutes after Ada DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 56 Degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter, the CEO of American Media Incorporated, which publishes the National Enquirer has been granted immunity by federal prosecutors seeking information into the alleged hush money payouts made by Donald Trump's attorney Michael Cohen. David Pecker, a longtime Trump pal, was allegedly involved in payouts to porn star Stormy Daniels and one-time Playboy playmate Karen McDougal. Both women claim they had sexual relationships with Trump. The immunity deal gives Pecker the opportunity to speak freely about what he knows about those payments involving Trump and Cohen without fear of prosecution. On two Tuesday, Cohen pleaded guilty to breaking campaign finance rules related to those payments as well as other counts.
1: This this is just taking turns and twists that I just couldn't have foreseen. Nobody yeah. could have.
0: Well, he used the term rat earlier this week, so the rats appear, appear to be jumping ship.
1: Oh,
4: yeah.
0: Russian trolls reportedly are using the issue of vaccinations to sow discord in American society. Can uh, I guess what side they're on? To, actually, they're on both. Oh. Uh, A new study led by researchers at the George Washington University says Russian-linked social media bots push divisive content on both sides of the vaccine debate. Researchers found the Russian troll accounts were more likely to tweet about vaccinations compared to the average Twitter user. They also found several of the tweets were linked to the notorious Internet Research Agency, which is a Kremlin troll
1: farm. We were ripe for infiltration because, you know, this is just highlighting it. Like, all they're trying to do is just just so discord between citizens yes like let's ramp up the fighting the infighting go ahead I'll, we'll post it's on this side do. we'll post on that side and that's yeah that's ultimately why I got off of Facebook completely because I didn't have time to sit around and babysit every post I made because <laughs> a war was breaking out in the comments section <laughs> somebody bringing up like how they feel about abortion I'm like I just posted a thing about Going to the store. (laughs) I'm at the gym right now.
0: Texting and driving, even uh, talking on the phone and driving has become such a distraction for people that it is now illegal in some states. Pennsylvania, you can't text and drive. Uh, So what are the 10 most common things that make us take our eyes off the road? Handing something to someone in the passenger seat is the number one Hmm. distraction.
1: The kids. my, My kids ask me for things. Before they're even in the car, like they're approaching the vehicle and saying like, hey, can you hand me? I'm like, stop. Just stop it right now. And then we're in the car and they're like, hey, dad, can you hand me this? And I say, absolutely not. I'm driving.
0: Yeah. That's like in California, you're not allowed. You have to use hands free to talk on the phone. Yeah. I mean, kids have to be a way bigger distraction than a phone.
1: They are. I'm telling you, it's I mean, they're playing with balloons, (laughs) smacking me in the side of the head with their balloons. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like I swear to god <laughs> I'll pull over and pop that balloon.
0: Singing along to the radio at the top of your lungs. I mean how dr- to You with can't that? sing and drive at the same time. Maybe you shouldn't be driving.
1: I mean you probably shouldn't headbang.
0: Yeah, that's probably a bad idea. Tossing something in the back seat, handing something to someone in the back seat, and kids the yeah, biggest the kids. culprit there. Eating while driving. I'm a pro. Depends on what you're eating.
1: I'm a pro. Sandwich.
0: But no it can't problem. be a sloppy sandwich. Can't be a big
1: no. sloppy sandwich. No, it can't be a sloppy joe.
4: Right. <laughs> right. It
1: can't be a a super sloppy like um like a chicken salad sandwich or something. Right.
0: Randy said that when he was younger he would eat while he was driving. He would put fries in his mouth and then squirt ketchup in his mouth out of the packet. That's
1: gross. <laughs> You can't like deconstruct the process. <laughs> Ketchup is for dipping, not squirting into your mouth. That's just like that dumb and dumber awful. status.
0: Answering the phone, making a phone call, uh, struggling to take off your coat or sweater while <laughs> you're driving.
1: I've done that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't want like to you just over? can't get off your. You shake, my little hoodie. I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. maybe I'll I'll not get a medium next time.
0: <laughs> Checking hair and makeup in the mirror. For the first time, I saw a woman actually putting mascara on.
1: Driving? Not,
0: dry, not sitting, okay. driving.
1: Oh, my God. I wanted to <laughs> she just She shows blast up and just her. looks like Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> the face tattoo. I hit some potholes. You know, you, you should really never try to put on eyeliner in Pittsburgh.
0: Checking your GPS. Which, don't they all talk to you now?
1: Yeah, and it's kind of in front of you. Although I, I sometimes use my phone, mm-hmm. and so I have to like look down at it because I yeah, don't but, have it synced.
0: Yeah, I have my, I use my phone too, but it tells you the directions. Yeah, It's like in a half a mile, turn left.
1: Yeah, but I always have my phone on silent because when I come in here, I put it on silent, and then I forget to take it off silent.
0: Uh, somehow texting was all the way down in 13th place, and checking social media was in 18th place
1: so many people were on their phone like the other day i saw somebody texting while they were driving and yeah. they weren't paying attention it's illegal and i was gonna honk the horn but i was like well i'm on the phone and if i did that i wouldn't have any hands on the All wheel right. so i'm not much better than them when turns i out.
0: when i see somebody driving like an idiot and they're on their phone i'm screaming in my car car of course yeah.
1: you're on your phone <laughs> Don't you wish you could co-opt the frequency on their radio and just come oh, in with yeah. their car?
0: I wish I had a loudspeaker on my car.
1: My just mom said people. she wants a bumper car. She's like, <laughs> I just want a car that's rubber. So Probably I, not a good idea I want to get that ram into everyone. I'm like, Mom, go back to anger management. It's not working.
0: <laughs> a Virginia family is recovering after picking wild mushrooms around their apartment complex and eating them. The family picked what were later identified as Vomiter
1: mushrooms. Yeah. I mean, they sell mushrooms at the store. But it's right in the name Vomiting mushrooms.
0: Uh, they picked them uh, in the courtyard outside their apartment and used them in a meal. Emergency crews spent time with them afterward. The family was treated for some pretty bad stomach issues. Health officials are warning against eating wild mushrooms. Some can be uh, bad enough to cause liver failure. Hey,
1: kids, stop eating those <laughs> vomiting mushrooms and come over here. I found some diarrhea tomatoes. <laughs> let's let's dice up a couple of those.
0: The mayor, Sean Casey, joining yes. us.
3: Hey, That's, what's up, guys? <laughs> Coming got, in hot. Uh, it's like DV
0: Late this morning, and,
3: <laughs> we're,
1: we're half staff. You guys are holding down the fort, though. No, You're doing a heck of a
0: job. Uh, no Randy today, I so know. glad to have you. No, I'm glad to be
3: here. Speaking of mushrooms, I was cutting the grass yard You know, you you go across those mushrooms, and I literally thought to myself, oh, yeah. "I wonder if these are edible." <laughs> you know, what, if I I mean, I, what if I put these on the you know fryer real quick
0: and see if I can eat them? How many different kinds of mushrooms are growing in your yard right now? Because I think it's because it's been so rainy. There's about 10 different kinds in our yard. Yeah. There's
3: so many different kinds of mushrooms. <clears throat> you know, what? we know what's amazing about mushrooms? Every time I think of mushrooms, I think of this quick, real quick story. When I was in New York <laughs> with my daughter a couple of years ago, we love going to Chinese. Like, you know, get the general salad. Give me the general salad. Some right. fried rice in the side real nice. Maybe some Kung Pao chicken. Right? <laughs> so we go. I, I take my daughter to work up, up, up in uh, New York. And I'm like, all right, let's go get some good Chinese. Like, I'm with my daughter. She's, right. she's nine at the time. So I go, I look, I, I yelp it. Like, best Chinese in New York, so we go to the best Chinese restaurant in New York, and this is where I should have known it was going right. I don't see one American in there. I'm like, okay, this is really Chinese. Yeah, this is, this is really the best general salad chicken I've ever had. So I get in there, I'm like, can I get, you know, I don't even recognize the menu. I'm like, you know,
1: I order like Can a I get of- upside down Donkey House with <laughs> yeah. a pound sign inside of it?
3: Dude, it was unbelievable. They brought out this like mushroom soup. I was like, there was 87 species of mushrooms in this soup. I'm like, oh my god, I've never seen anything like it, right? So is they bring this all this safe? stuff out, all this stuff out, and I'm like, My daughter didn't eat one thing. It was like real legit Chinese. I didn't know it was legit Chinese. So I finally pulled, pulled the waitress over. Like, ma'am, do you have anything you would get at like the mall, like Panda Express? (laughs) I'm do you like have anything <laughs> on a toothpick
1: that we could have? <laughs> Dude, just of, some samples.
3: Do you have any samples we could have. Like when I go to the village, when I go to the Mall South Hills Village, the guy's <laughs> waiting there with a the nice uh you know general south <laughs> chicken. like a nice my, wet piece of meat. I'm like, I didn't know a real Chinese was something we couldn't eat. My daughter hasn't had one thing, and we've have, I have eighty seven eighty mu- seven uh species uh, of mushrooms in front of me. <laughs> You're just
4: sweating gumballs and hallucinating. <laughs> uh, what was that? <laughs>
0: Oh my! What is the dumbest thing you do regularly, even though you know better? We uh, eat
1: mushrooms. We are Eighty-five wow, varieties. A lot
3: of
4: things I do. Oh.
0: We make plenty of mistakes every day and do stupid things, even though we know better. But uh, a recent Reddit discussion brought this topic up. The most popular answers were repeatedly checking the fridge, even though you know there's nothing good in there. <laughs> I, do,
1: I do. Oh my god! Or the
0: pantry.
3: You go back to the pantry. You're like oh. There's a half box of che- uh, eating cheeses that I just keep looking at. Go, you know what? That's gonna give me bad reflux right there if I eat that. So, so, so I'm not gonna. But like, why do I keep coming back in the pantry? No, there's nothing to eat here.
1: I swear to God, if there was a camera in my refrigerator, it would be. It's the dumbest I look all day because I just, I don't see. Frustrated. I just see ingredients. So he's like, we we just went shopping. We have a whole fridge full full of food. I'm like, it's all. Deconstructed. I don't know what any of this is. Is that the issue? I'm not going to eat a piece of basil. Huh? Basil? I mean, what is that? That's basil and paisley.
0: <laughs> paisley?
3: Combined. Yeah. You mean parsley. Parsley. Whatever it is. You, you know, I, we used to go <laughs> to No, my, I ate a shirt. <laughs> it's just like my parents' house. Growing up, me and my buddy, uh, the junk man, we used to go into my parents' house and be like, Hey, Case, what are your prayers? I was like, all condiments. We're like, oh, we got some good a spicy mustard, Dijon mustard. We got jalapeno mustard. We got some ketchup, sriracha ketchup. We're like, all these different things. Like, oh, really? Is there any food? <laughs> no, there's some tortilla chips on top. No salsa. No good stuff. Just eat the tortilla chips. Squirt some sriracha ketchup lead? on yeah. it. <laughs> you, got basil, you got any basil you can put on the,
0: on the ketchup? Uh, you start binge watching a TV show or playing a video game right before you're going to bed.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst.
0: Drink your eighth beer at midnight. That's not, I mean, a lot of people do that. Midnight,
1: you keep it going after. That.
0: Right. You go for nine if, ten. If you're in at midnight, you're probably going deeper than that. And for the
1: back nine, yeah.
0: <laughs> smoking.
1: I don't smoke. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bill, you quit smoking. Yeah. Check your ex-girlfriend's Instagram feed when you're feeling low. <laughs> you when you're feeling low. We'll make it feel lower. Quick. That's Double real low. Back. Right. Hit the snooze on your alarm one too many times.
1: Is I ten do. too many times?
0: Um, yeah, I've, I don't think I've gone that far. Five times for sure. <laughs>
3: you guys get up early. That's a grind. Yeah, it sucks. Oh. I got up today like I, I was. I was. I had my CPAP machine rolling about seven o'clock. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta get on TV. <laughs> we got traffic coming. You know what was unbelievable? What, what is L2? that? The
1: X Fighter pilot. Mask? Oh, dude, it
3: was like the X Wing fighter. Like, all right, here we go. Let's go get the Death Star, fellas. You put it on. It's unbelievable. You hit it it's like. <laughs> You feel like Darth <laughs> Vader though because it just
4: this air starts hitting you you're
3: like <laughs> but it's like I can't sleep without it now it makes me feel so good I it, I get in a REM really? sleep without it I go to the bathroom like four times I was like I've been sleeping bad all these years it's unbelievable and
0: you feel great now I, I feel
3: great I feel refreshed
0: oh, wow
1: but what about the like the obstruction on your face? No, no.
3: It took me like six months to get used to it. Like, and and
1: I, it, you can't roll over with that. Thing. No, well,
3: you roll over, then like it gets an air pocket.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh my god, it wakes you up. Off and, kilter. Uh,
3: yeah, it throws you off. Like three, four a.m. If you roll over, it's like, <laughs> and nothing. Nobody wants to sleep like that when it's right. like it's.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh other dumb things people do uh forget to clear off uh your browser history on your
1: your computer no oh, yeah. I don't know if that's dumb in terms of just like I think it's you know you you maybe should check your your browsing tendencies <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah that's probably you know, a I don't good think idea. it's
1: dumb not to clear it unless you're looking up some shady stuff
0: <laughs> and buying lottery tickets people do regularly that do never works that? out. Uh, you know what? I do when it gets to three hundred million. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I, I, that's once usually the only time. Yeah, I'll get one. Uh, the viral Instagram account of Paul Flart has cost him his job. The front desk security guard at a Florida hospital had been recording himself farting. Oh, my
4: God. Have you
1: seen this video? <laughs> no. It's the funniest. <laughs> I'll show you in the break. It is one of the funniest videos I've ever seen.
0: He gave himself the name Paul Flart because he looks like Paul Blart. Yeah, Mall Car- Ma- Cop. Mall Cop. <laughs> so for most of this year, Paul Flart has been recording his farts in selfie mode. And explained that he got the idea one night to video himself when he let one rip and he said the acoustics in the room were so good, it's, he just amazing. had to record it. It's so great. He even changed his diet uh, to granola, asparagus, and beans. To, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: this dude was all in. That's next level right there. The fuel for the Commitment. fire.
0: Unfortunately, Paul Flart became a little too popular. His Instagram account has nearly 45,000 followers.
1: Oh, my God. His
0: boss discovered that he was doing this on company time, uh, posting his farts on social media.
4: Even worse, the video
0: showed the hospital cop shield on his uniform, so he was on duty in uniform. It's Why are just, farts
1: so funny? I don't though? know, but it's just him <laughs> staring into the camera farting and you see his eyebrows raise and it's just so loud and you're like where is this dude working
0: is that video still up on the oh it's my on the God. morning show page and at then be com.
1: sometimes where he farts and like real quick looks around like he's nervous <laughs> you know <laughs> it's it's hysterical oh man, it's, there's uh, only one other guy and and um I found it listening to um Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky's podcast uh your mom's house they, f- they have this dude who's a straight-up legend. I think he they found him on Reddit or something. His name is King Ass Ripper. And this dude just, like, eats really bizarre stuff and then just farts for, like, 20 seconds, 25 seconds, like, just crushes it. It's the funniest so, thing, so and good. I have no idea why.
0: <laughs> so you can check out that video again on the Morning Show We had page a, we had a guy, when I played dog. with
3: the Red Sox, Bobby Kilty. Mm-hmm. You know how you can, like, suck in air and get a real long burp? Yeah. yeah, he could do that with a fart. It was so we'd be <laughs> stretching a... in the morning. He be like, like, "Kilty, give us the thirty-second fart." He was just like <laughs> sucking air on the other end. and was like,
2: <laughs> like thirty seconds. It was unbelievable. Oh my! <laughs> give that guy a CPAP machine.
1: <laughs> You're not sleeping good. Let me give him my CPAP machine. Give me a night. rolly chair. I'll get to work on my own. <laughs>
0: Uh, the date and time are set for the public unveiling of a commemorative statue of Chris Cornell in Seattle. The Chris Cornell, an everlasting tribute to Seattle's Sun, will take place October 7th at 5, uh, 530 at the Museum of Pop Culture. The life-size bronze statue was commissioned and donated to the museum by his late wife, Vicki. Cornell was found dead in his Detroit hotel room May 18th, 2017, and his death was ruled a suicide. Finally, today is Skinnered Friday, the farewell tour stop tomorrow at KeyBank pavilion so we're going to celebrate and honor leonard skinner today sad news yesterday coming that former skinner guitarist ed king has died in 2011 he underwent a successful heart transplant his family announced his death following a tough battle with cancer here he is talking about the band's induction into the rock and roll hall of fame
3: but as far as the hall of fame induction i think we were probably the luckiest band in the
2: world i mean i consider myself the luckiest guitar player ever just because i was invited into a situation i'm a very mediocre player but i wrote the lick you know sweet home alabama and that's opened up a lot of doors but i'm just a lucky guitar player from the san fernando valley
0: yeah he was in the band twice from 1972 to 75 and then 87 to 96 uh that sound courtesy of the rock and roll hall of fame we'll play some more Skinner uh, a little bit later on sean you gonna stick around well, for the rest of the morning I'm Stick around, the rest of the morning awesome let's well, do it. it love it mike pursuit is coming up next he's got sports it's a dve morning show
8: difference
2: dve
6: sports my pursuit of Fort dve sports brought to you this hour by xfinity from comcast uh, if you heard our chat with cam hayward we referenced that giant baggie the steelers have constructed at their southside practice facility yeah what's that all about the practice fields are between carson street and the river right on the other side of carson street uh a complex has been constructed. There are buildings, and they rise a couple of stories, and there are windows. And apparently the Steelers decided that they didn't like the people in those windows being able to Spy look down on, them. on practice. Mm. Uh, seems maybe a little overprotective.
3: Maybe they think the Cleveland Browns are up there or something. <laughs> or,
6: uh, you know, the, I think somebody went over there and uh, went into the lobby And was told by Secretary, I'm sorry, Mr. Belichick's not here today. He's not taking any visitors. (laughs) Maybe that got him concerned. But uh, uh, Mike Tomlin asked about that TARP, which made its debut this week. Uh, And just, uh, you know, is it really necessary?
7: You know how it is, man. This is um, interesting times, drones, and so forth, you know. Um, We do what we got to do to prepare and be ready to play. Play on a level, fair, competitive playing field.
6: Now, if that's the explanation, they didn't do enough. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not a drone expert, but the thing only goes up a couple three stories. Can't a drone just go higher? Right. Yes, I mean, yes, it can. If, if it's trying to keep
1: drones out, that ain't getting it done. Um, Isn't it funny though how the football is just like the an ongoing cold war because there's spies, there's <laughs> people that are you know infiltrating teams, taping your practices, guys in trees with binoculars.
6: You know, it might be overthinking it, but
1: uh,
6: if it makes everybody feel better, why the hell not, right? Right. Uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, a follow-up question yesterday. He was asked if he really does worry from time to time about spies.
7: I wonder about a lot of things. (laughs) Some of the questions I get in here I wonder about. (laughs) Spies like us.
6: I wonder why you put up a three-story tarp when a drone can go (laughs) four. That's part of the preparation this week. They're not messing around anymore, <laughs> They're not case. messing around.
3: They're ready. They're ready. they got
6: to get drone snipers <laughs> getting ready for the regular season. Shoot that down. <laughs> they also made a uh, subtle and uh, much-anticipated change on the depth chart this week. Uh, John Bostick is listed as the starter at inside linebacker next to Vince Williams. The first two depth charts before the Philly game and the Green Bay game had Tyler Madikiewicz there. Now, we, we've been talking since the second week. Of the preseason, how Bostic has been running with the first team, yep. much more than Maticavich. So that's that's not a surprise to anybody, and it's uh, not even a development that got John Bostic's attention. I don't, I don't really pay much sense to it. Like I said, at the end of the day, you know, my job is to go out and play football. You know, whatever coach T asks me to do, you know, I'm gonna do. Pirates are in Milwaukee tonight, game one of a three game weekend series against the Brewers. Joe Musgrove against Wade Miley. Pirates coming off a homestand in which they scored seven runs and went two and five case have you ever seen an entire team go ice cold no
3: that was you know they always talk about hitting is contagious well it's contagious the other way too but that was like they had like uh you know they had mono (laughs) it was like like uh, when
1: the whole penguin team got the mumps yeah exactly (laughs) it it was
3: unbelievable like they were just allergic to scoring runs i've never seen anything like that and this has
6: been it's not a great offense but it's not terrible it's better than average. Well, a few
3: months ago we were talking about how they were they were on fire. They were, they were putting up unbelievable, you know, so many runs a game, and all of a sudden now they just can't find a way to get, to get anybody on and get them in.
6: <laughs> so if you're looking at the Pirates right now, are you more distraught that the whole team stopped hitting, or are you looking at the pitching they've been getting and looking ahead to next year thinking, all right, the hitting's going to come around,
3: yeah. and this
6: <laughs> pitching is sustainable and real?
3: I was thinking the same thing because, you know – you win with you win on the bump you know you win you win with your your those starting five and then the bullpen and you know when you're losing games one nothing one nothing 2-1 i mean y- if you're going to take any positive away from that that the fact that you're pitching to making that run and can hold teams that you know do not score in runs you know that's the name of the game so i mean i it, you know for you know down the line having that rotation you know what they're having you know William, williams is pitching well tyone's been pitching well you'd like to see archer do a little bit better i'm sure he will as his track record speaks for itself. But, you know, <clears throat> these guys, uh, I, I, it's positive the way they've been pitching.
6: I don't think we talked to you since the Archer trade, did we?
3: No. Mm-mm. No.
6: Were you stunned? Yeah, I was
3: stunned. You know, <laughs> I, I was stunned. I was stunned. You know, it's one of those things, too. I mean, I, I hope it works out because, obviously, we have control of him for a few years. You know, I think that's a a big part of it. But, you know, you see Glass now doing pretty well in that Tampa rotation. You know, you hope that, you hope that he, you know, Obviously, you hope he does well for him. But apparently, yeah. they
6: have a six-nine pitching coach.
3: Uh, yeah, who does?
1: Tampa. Yeah. Got, oh,
6: okay. Oh, guy that knows how to. They got like, a tree down there. Guy that knows how to work with Herman Munster. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: Supposedly, he just like he's like one of these guys. He's just like the the tall, lanky whisperer, where he just shows them things to do with their mechanics. <laughs> really? Because a lot of the times, what why their throws are off is where their foot lands, because they've got such a big, right. you know, leg span.
3: Well, he's doing something because Glass now looks pretty impressive so far, and uh, you know, you just, you just, I, I, I like that Neil Huntington, and I like that, that 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 the Pirates, you know, they were they were right in this situation where they're making a run. I like that they went out and did it, and I think the, I think the fans, that's what the fans want to see. The fans want to see you know them do something like that. You just hope it doesn't come back back to bite you. But Archer's you know track record has been good. I hope he you know we have control of him for the next few years. So hopefully that trade works out.
6: The other thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, Marte this week. Yeah. Now, he's a guy that, you know, periodically orbits to the dark side of the moon, and you don't know where he is or what right. he's thinking or what he's doing. He he had a game Sunday where he dogged it three times pretty bad. Yeah. And Clint Hurdle's response was to sit him for a couple of games. A, was that the right thing to do? And B, if you're going to sit a guy, should you then not pinch hit him? Or is that kind of a happy medium between it's kind of a happy medium penalizing you, the player but not the team?
3: Right. If you need them, you need them. But you, you know, I, I think Clint Hurdle did the right thing. I'm an old school guy. I mean, like, if it takes zero talent to hustle, zero. I mean, if, you know, my eight year old mm-hmm. daughter could go out there and you know and hustle to first base. You're like, oh, there's Jillian Casey hustling, right? Like, it takes no talent to hustle. That's the one thing that bothers me. So, and especially when you're to not ha- when you're not hustling in Pittsburgh, you're going to have problems. I mean, I, you know, I think the fans recognize that. They just want give me some give me some effort. So for me I think Clint did the right thing. And uh you know if you're a guy like you know like Marte and, and you get sat for a couple games cuz you're not hustling and you're getting paid all this money and and you've already had you know you've already had a suspension like if I get suspended 80 games or whatever, I'm hustling 10 times harder than you know right. I mean? So that, you know, for me it's unacceptable and I'm glad Clint addressed it and hopefully Marte learns from it and uh, you know doesn't do that
1: again. There was a quote in the Atlantic and I and I loved what Stan Savern had to say about it. Basically Marte was saying to the fans, "Hey, listen, I I know you're upset, but you know, if you're trying to encourage us, maybe booing isn't going to lift us up or inspire us, and he was like, "This this guy just gets it exactly wrong. It's not the fans' job to lift you up and support you. It's the fans' job, like, or, or it's your job to go out there and give the fans a reason to cheer and support you." Right. Oh yeah. You're you're the the starter, and you know carrying the major part of the load I in totally, that equation. I
3: totally agree with that. What did Joe DiMaggio say? Like, I you know he always said, "I play as hard as I can." Because this might be the first time a father and their son are seeing me play, right? I mean, that, that wow. menta- that's the mentality you should have every night. Hey, listen, there could be a kid that's saved up all year long, and, and, and now he's coming to his first Pirate game, and he wants to see you get after it. That's how every player should, you know, should look at it. There's a great story Dave Collins told me one time about Pete Rose. He said uh, it was you know the, the game was over, Pete was one for four or whatever. He says, this guy comes in the clubhouse, he's like, Hey! You might want to give all the fans their money back. Go give them all their money back, and they look up. It's Pete Rose's dad, and they're like, "They're like Dave Collins. Like, Who's that? They're like Pete Rose's dad. He's already Pete Rose. This is like <laughs> right. his first year in the big leagues. Like, you're fourth of bat. You didn't hustle down to first base. You should go about and give all those fans their money back. Wow. You know and I, and that? I'm I'm just saying like that might be a little over the top, <laughs> but that's yeah, right. the mentality. Like I think there's something to be said about that. These fans. Come I to had watch, money on, on this game. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't believe
7: you dogged it. <laughs>
3: Maybe that's the back story. You
7: caused me a couple stacks. That <laughs> kind of lackadaisical. I had a three-team
1: parlay.
4: <laughs> All you had to do was beat the Cubs. <laughs> I had the Yankees. I had the Red Sox. And you screwed it up.
3: <laughs> Hope you're the manager one day. <laughs>
0: Oh my, Sean Casey, uh, the mayor, with us. Uh, he's going to stick around all morning uh, today. Do you have anything else, Mike? No, that's all right. I was, I wanted to get into some baseball with Sean because yeah. actually, you know, that kind of, it kind of makes sense. Kind of his, uh, yeah.
6: his, area, <laughs> area kinda of expertise.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, something about that. So we'll be back with uh, Sean Casey. It's a DV morning show. It's the DVE morning show. I'm Val Porter, Bill Crawford, Mike Persuda, Sean Casey, Randy is off this morning.
9: The hey, Sean Casey! Come on! Hey, Sean
4: Casey! Come on! Sean Casey!
0: That is your good friend Eddie Vedder. <laughs> in leading nowhere, the Italy? crowd.
3: That was in Italy.
0: Leading the crowd in a Sean Casey chant, because somebody had a giant Sean a- Casey
1: head. <laughs> My what friend Jagoff <laughs> brought that over there, or was How it a good it person? Through.
3: No, my friend Shannon um, from MLB <laughs> Network, like months ago, was like, "I'm going to Italy to see Pearl Jam, biggest Pearl Jam fan ever." She goes, "I'm getting one of those fat head heads made of you, and I'm gonna bring it with me." I'm like, "Oh, it's so funny, That's a good idea." <laughs> Next thing I know, she did it, <laughs> right? And she's like, "I guess she was like, you know, Ed sends and send me a you know a text after he's like, dude, he's like." You're not gonna believe it. Uh, I'm sitting there um, during the show, and I look over. You know, right in front of Mike McCready is a huge Sean Casey head bobbing up and down to every song. You know, every project song. And then, and what's great is on the you know for the bootleg. You know, he 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 gets a chant going. Hey, Sean Casey. Now we're in Italy, so they have zero idea who I am. Right? They're like, who is this? Is, is he from Ireland? You know? Is he a soccer player? They have no idea who I am. So they get the big chant going. Hey, Sean Casey. Sixty thousand people in Italy are. Chanting that, Giovanni, Ed, you ever heard of Sean Casey?
1: No, but <laughs> anybody is telling us to chant, we chant, keep going, keep going. And
3: uh, it was it was unbelievable. He said he sent me some footage of of like the backstage, like when he when he saw it, yeah, he had the camera guy, he's like, Look, he's like, Get it, and there it is, right there. It was so funny, though, uh, so funny. that's great, <laughs> yeah. Legendary. And he was cheering the
1: mayor, and they're like, Who?
4: They're like the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the mayor. Yes, yes! The
1: mayor! <laughs> is he related to Jeremy? Well, I don't know what's going on right now.
3: Yeah, I was just I just <laughs> saw him in in Wrigley on Monday, which was which is which was really cool. Like, Mike's you know, going to see you're him. You're going to you're going to Boston, right? Fenway on September second. W- Wait, did,
0: to, did you get rained out?
3: No, we uh it was end up being a thirty minute rain delay. Okay. It rained the whole time. That's what it's good to know, Theo Epstein. When you're in the Cubs clubhouse, like this is perfect. Let's just stay here.
1: Did you have the Fathead with you? Yeah, yeah, no, you did. After the show, come on.
3: After the show, we went into the Cubs clubhouse, and uh, his little daughter Harper came around the corner with the Casey Fathead on. They (laughs) go. And came in. It was so great. It was so funny. So Ed Ed stole, the, you know, not the stole, but took the fat head from my from my friend Shannon. And Shannon was like, "Hey, uh, can you ask Ed to give me that fat head back?" I was like, "No, Shannon, you're not getting that fat head back. I think they have it for good." Pearl Jam took it on tour. It. They still have it though. He said he keeps it backstage. You know, he's like, "It's a it's an unbelievable picture of like my mouth wide open, like." Hey.
0: Do you know where the picture is from?
3: I like don't know the, where it's from. She said she. You know, she you know what? She just No, you know what happened images? was. Um, well, I was the grand marshal for the Cincinnati Reds uh, parade mm-hmm. uh, in, in 2016 and, and she I, took it from that they had huge heads of me I, like, oh, I went okay. out. they're like hey and I went out to address the crowd was like 20,000 people I'm like yeah and I'm like look at those heads it's mean, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable you know and so I think that's where she got the idea from but I think she ordered the picture you know she went online found the picture and ordered it but it's a humongous head and Ed on the uh, bootleg was like and fans, that is the actual size of that man's head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Real measurements. Real
3: measurements, yeah. <laughs> so I saw the head after the show in Wrigley. It was hilarious. Oh. So That was the show. Awesome. The show was awesome. You know, it was tough because they had—I think they had a midnight curfew, so they mm-hmm. went on at nine thirty. Yeah. They never—they stayed on for two and a half hours and yeah. just ripped it, let it rip. But it was—it was a great show. More covers this time? No, so. there wasn't a lot of covers. There was a lot of covers on on uh, on the first show at Wrigley. Oh,
6: okay. You they, went they, to the yeah, second. There,
3: there was a few. There was definitely a few covers, but not as many as the first night. But man, it was a great show. You know, what was great was the. I think Ed was so into it because it was pouring rain. Right and the crowd, the crowd was packed like no mm-hmm. one, no one the, the no rain one left or anybody, and you could tell there was a certain edge they came out to give him the fly. And there was a certain energy right out the gates. It was like, oh, here we go, buckle up, you know. Yeah. He loves the ballparks too. Huh? No, he loves it. He loves the ballparks, the he, historic ones. Huge the- baseball fan. You know, what I mean, you know, his he's got an unbelievable memorabilia room out in out in Seattle where, in their recording studios. I'll bet. It's all his stuff. It's like literally some of the coolest stuff ever that he's collected over the years at auctions or things like that. And uh, huge baseball fan, a huge historian of the game. So. You know he loves it, but he loves he loves being at Wrigley, man. He loves going to Fenway. He they were just at Safeco, you know, yeah. out in so Seattle. They do that so.
6: stupid Cubs song. No,
3: he didn't do it. I, yeah, <laughs> one day we'll go all the way. They already yeah. won it, so he doesn't do it anymore. He's <laughs> like, you know.
0: Didn't you take him to the Clemente Museum here oh, yeah. for a tour with Took him to the Clemente Museum Blast. 2000 with Maz
3: too. It right? with Maz. I'm, it was a great story too cuz I'm like I hadn't heard from Maz, you know, until like the last second and it was like 2 days before I called him. I'm like, "Hey Maz, this is Sean Casey. I'm not stalking you cuz <laughs> I know I'm sending like a text, but like, you probably have no idea how to use text." So I'm like, <laughs> so <laughs> like So I'm like Maz, I was like, "I'll do anything, you know. It, it, what a what a generous great dude." I was like, "I got this guy Eddie Vedder, coming in, Pearl was like Pearl who?" I'm like, "Oh gosh, this is a lost cause." <laughs> but I was like, "Maz, I just need you. I just need you to come." He's a big deal. So he came. So Maz came. Steve Blast came. They were telling unbelievable stories. Wow. Jason Grilly was there. Jimmy T. Uh, you know, just oh, it, it was awesome. a great time. But we. Uh, I went down there. Dwayne Reader, you know, hooked up. I hooked up a dinner down there. We, you know, we had some wine and stuff, and they came in a couple of days beforehand. But he wears that Clemente shirt all the time—the twenty-one shirt. You see him wear that, right? Oh yeah. Uh, from that day, at the Clemente Museum. There's some does.
1: great footage of that concert too. Grilly came out. Oh
3: yeah, and singing the whipping.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they it were. Might, like, they, were they drinking Franco's wine? Yeah, yeah, ra- yeah, Franco.
3: Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 yeah. What do you say, the good old, good old Irishman, Franco Harris? <laughs> 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 the really but I, cool
6: part was he dropped the bottle, but he caught it just off the ground.
4: <laughs> you it's know,
3: I, he, I had. Um, he's a huge like uh, uh, helmet collector, right? So, like batting helmets. Yeah, like batting helmets, but the old school, the skull cap ones, right? He loves the skull cap ones, and so um, back then, I, I, I was like, you know, I, I was. I was talking to Dwayne Reeder about, hey, is there any way we could get Ed like a, you know, a Clemente skull cap? Well, there was a guy in LA that had one. That was, the, I think he was, the, I think he was one of the clubbies back in the day. So I found it and I'd get it for him and I gave it to Ed as a gift. Whoa! And he wore. If you go back to that bootleg, if you go back and look at that on, the, on Yellow Ledbetter at the end, he puts the Clemente helmet on and he says. Real soft, but if you go back and listen to it, he says Roberto Clemente. Roberto Clemente, like he was like honored to put it on, but he wore it for the last Yellow Leadbetter in Pittsburgh in 2013.
0: Pretty cool. And I
3: think there's only two in existence. I think Vera Clemente has the 3000th hit one, and then I think Vedder has the other one. Wow. How cool is that? It's
0: pretty incredible. So you go
3: back and listen to that bootleg 2013, he says Roberto Clemente twice before he sings Yellow Leadbetter. Just saying, guys.
1: I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm super embarrassed to say this out loud, and I don't know if I've told everybody here, but my grandma used to run this uh, this apartment building called Penley Park back in the day. It was in Highland Park, and Roberto Clemente lived there. So she had all this memorabilia from him. Like he he loved her. Like he gave her stuff, and she was like, "Hey, I don't know if you ever want this," and gave me this ball when I was oh like God. 10 years old, signed by Stargell and Clemente. And I underlined all of the signatures with a Sharpie and Uh, ruined the ball.
3: Wait, do you still have it?
1: Yeah. It's it's straight up ruined, probably worth nothing. Oh man! And it burns me Preceded. to this day. Where, but I like get oh. mad at her for giving it. I'm like, why did you? Like, I have a ten year old now. I wouldn't give her. I bought her a pair of shoes. They were stained before we got home. I'm like, you didn't even have them on. Her sister went to smell them, but had like chocolate on her lip, and then chocolate stain on a brand new pair of shoes. Yeah, they're ten years old. You don't give a ten year old anything that is valid- valuable. Stargell and a Clemente. <laughs> here you go, Bill. Let well, me it. Uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me doodle on this. Wow, so dumb! Uh, oh my God, idiot! I don't even want to look up what it's what, what a signed <laughs> baseball from those <laughs> two would you be worth. You should what? not. You should not. Yeah. yeah,
3: you'd be paying for college.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. The mayor, Casey, <laughs> for the mayor Sean Casey. The uh, Mayor Sean Casey in studio with us. Uh, he's going to stick around for the rest of the morning. I've got news coming up next. It's a DVE morning show. It's 58 degrees at DVM Val Porter. Lyft is going to help Americans vote this November. The raid ride hailing service will offer free and reduced fare rides to polling places on election day. Lyft will give out 50% off promotional codes through organizations that encourage people to vote vote lyft will link up with vote.org .org, nonprofit vote turbo vote and others to distribute the codes to anybody who needs them the old farmer's almanac just released its annual winter weather forecast and uh reveals most of the country can expect more rain and less snow this winter oh great So nice and dreary. The Almanac also predicting a warm, wet winter for most of the U.S. Quoting the Almanac, the winter we expect to see above normal temperatures almost everywhere in the U.S. except in the Southwest where we are predicting a colder than normal season.
1: I'm dreaming of a warm, <laughs> wet winter.
0: <laughs>
1: this is ter- Times I are changing, seriously.
0: This. I hate this weather. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Last couple days, awesome.
1: Beautiful so beautiful the nice chill in the air at night oh, yeah. i I'm I'm imagine like, oh, this is what it's fan. like in san diego it
3: is i've never every been day. there but oh, i hear the gosh. weather you is know what? perfect Val, Val, it's one of those things i, I literally I, I told somebody recently i said if i didn't have family here in pittsburgh i'd be in san diego tomorrow oh, yeah like, it's 75 sunny a little chill in the air at night when you wake up a little chill it's every day it's like that uh. beautiful
1: yeah, they say that's the easiest job in the country. Weatherman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm like gonna give the- you your 58 day forecast. <laughs> um, sun, sun, <laughs> lots of sun, no clouds, no clouds. You guys so, have a good one.
0: Somebody told me they knew someone who lived in San Diego and they moved to Chicago because they couldn't handle the constant wonder. They wanted a change in the seasons. I'm like, is that person <laughs> a mental patient? What you do mean?
1: like I lived in LA for a year and a half, and you do you do lose a like. A little bit of a sense of appreciation for the sun because it's it's sunny every single day. Yeah. And you kind of like you yearn for spring and fall and you know, but then you get back here and you're like, oh yeah, no.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because not not every day is the beautiful in the fall is the beautiful sunny golden leaves and falling. It's overcast
1: rainy. Yeah, dreary ice rain. Yeah. Oh, it's hailing. Good.
0: The world's first beer hotel is opening not too far from here in Ohio known as Brew Dog's Dog House. The Columbus Inn will feature a beer tap in each room. Oh yeah nice. a shower beer fridge in each shower a shower,
4: shower beer beers
0: 32 rooms will fill the facility and when guests check in they're handed a free beer. So far more than 500 people have booked reservations there. It'll open this Monday.
1: Oh. I, I look I understand that the shower beer is a thing. I just I've never been in a shower that, that long, long where I'm drinking beers. <laughs> and it seems just overtly sad to me. Like I I mean I, I have a I've had I brought a beer into the bathroom and then just taken a big swig, hopped in the shower, done my business and got out.
0: Yeah, but not but drinking in the shower. Yeah,
1: no. I, I'm a quick shower guy too. I I wouldn't have time to have a beer in the yeah,
0: shower. Yeah, most guys are.
1: Yeah, I'm in and out. Beer bong
3: it. Yeah. Now that's uh, that's the prime room. The prime room has the beer bong in in, in the shower.
0: Bill, uh, you like the show Doctor Pimple Popper? Right? No, I
1: don't. No, I I do not like that show. I stumbled show? into no, never, it. Never heard of it because Bert Kreischer is like obsessed with it. And he oh, said him and his kids watch it, and then you watch it, and it's the nastiest show I've ever seen. Explain on TV. to Sean what it is. It's basically people coming in with like the most ridiculously ingrown, like either pimples or or boils. Cysts or uh. boils, and this woman. Like having to do surgery oh. to pop these things, and it is just
3: nasty. Is it like the fart guy? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: the all clinical. Clinical all is, fart is just fun. It's un unadulterated fun. It's this just, is not. This is this no. Nasty. This is nightmare for days.
0: Well, I'm sure this woman does it in a sterile environment, but popping pimples could kill you if oh, it really? if it gets infected. I believe it. There's an area called the triangle of death, which I don't know if that is a (laughs) a a medical term. Uh, It stretches from just above your nose down to both sides of your mouth. And they say popping a pit bull anywhere in that area could lead to an infection that could spread to your sinuses. And when that happens, the veins behind your eyes start to form clots to contain the infection, which then puts pressure on your brain and can lead to paralysis or even death. Wow, and uh, if it doesn't get to that point, uh, it's also possible to cause meningitis or a massive stroke. It's called cavernous sinus thrombosis, and the chances that it will happen pretty slim, but about a third of people who do end up with it do die from it. It can also happen, good lord, Jesus, in is, come it can, on, Val. can happen <laughs> inside your if your nose gets infected. <laughs> So, if hair is an issue, doctors say trim the nose hairs. Don't yank them oh, out with I get tweezers. In there. The other
3: day, I like I look, I looked at my nose. You know, your dad gets a little older. You're like, Dad, where are those nose hairs coming from? <laughs> I looked seriously. looked in my I was like looked in the mirror the day and I had nose hairs coming where I I, I just stuck. I would. I, I should be dead right now. I went right in there and just <laughs> boom. I yanked out like fourteen of them one rip. Sneeze for a just half like hour. Sneeze and Christ, I'm like, oh, I just ripped out fourteen nose hairs I've never seen before. I'm turning into my dad.
0: <laughs> you tear up a little.
3: And True. the ear hair. You ever pull out the ear hair?
1: That hurts oh, yeah. so bad, dude. That hurts a lot. But it's twirling. that's a guy thing. They're stuck too. They they don't come out easily. No, they, they, they put up a fight. <laughs> that's my, right. I I was in this uh, this acting class out in L. A. <laughs> And we had this scene where I had to cry, and I was like, "Man, I can't cry." That's why I knew I was like, "I'm not a good actor." So I was like, "How do I look like I just was crying?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'll pull nose hair out because you know your eyes water." Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. I started pulling one of those interior <laughs> nose hairs. Right so in the tip. So before every scene, you'd be like. Action. <laughs> Come in. But then was, she was like, Why do you sound stuffed up?
0: Why
3: are you sneezing before crying. every take? I just
0: ripped a deep one.
3: I think I'm allergic to <laughs> acting.
1: I'm going to get out of here, guys.
0: Yeah, so trim, don't yank.
1: Wow good To know, I got my dad one of those nose hair trimmers, and he it was, was like,
0: like, Giant, and it has yeah little tip on it. The little, like,
1: yeah, the little uh, electronic thing. Uh huh. He Turns. was like, It smells like a Lionel train up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I can't use this That's, thing. <laughs>
0: that electrical smell, yeah.
3: And sometimes it'll grab one the wrong way. You ever do that, and it's like, <gasps> oh, yeah. and it hurts, it hurts. yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, Ooh, this, I gotta just pull them.
1: <laughs> this, the guy that I saw, Mr. Pimple Popper, had assist. That was right above his knee, and it was the size of a softball. And this dude was like, I'm in pain. First of all, he was wearing, like, shorts. And I'm like, dude, you can't wear shorts. Yeah, put your it's it's MC hammer pants, pants from here on out. oh <laughs> well, yeah,
0: that's you gotta wear those. But
1: he was like, I bump into everything. He's like, I bump into chairs, I bump into doors, like, I, you know, and the thing hurts for like an hour after that. But they started draining it. It was just the the grossest thing I've Posse. ever seen. Oh my god! Oh. Yeah. They filled a bedpan full oh, of my the god. contents.
4: Oh, she just serious? got
0: renewed for she a new does. season. <laughs> I just saw that. A couple I don't know days why ago.
1: people are like it. Like it's. I can be obsessed with popping my own pimple, but I don't want to see them pop yours. Yeah,
0: but how many people like to pop other people's pimples? Well, the, what I do you mean like <laughs> they're, they're yeah, significant like others? Doing that no, my God, it's disgusting.
1: <laughs> you don't just walk up to somebody that you don't know, like a stranger. Excuse Let me, me sir. For you. Would you mind if I pop that pimple right on the tip of your nose? It looks it's like right. it wants to pop itself. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to take much.
4: <laughs> Us. Yeah, I mean I
1: remember back in the day like it w- it seemed like anytime there was a dance coming up, anytime there was anything yeah. like that, a forest of blind pimples would break out <laughs> on the back of my neck and I'd get a haircut and then it would reveal them all and I'd be like oh my god can I wear a turtleneck to the dance I don't know what to do
3: <laughs> how do these break out or the one you get right on your lip and you're like oh. okay I'm going on a date but man this looks so bad and it hurts you know, and oh, and it, buck- like it brings you <laughs> to your knees right you're like oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> you go down to one knee one freedom, freedom! Ah!
4: <laughs> you William Wallace. You're turning to William Wallace.
0: So September huh. reportedly is the new January, at least when it comes to resolutions. uh Rather than do them at the beginning of the calendar year, because even at my age, I still think of a year starting in, with the school year.
4: Right. You oh, know, really? like you, yeah,
0: you think. I mean, obviously not the calendar year, but you think, yeah. oh, it's a new year. It's September. <laughs>
3: I kind of agree with that. My kids are going back to school. I'm like, Mm -hmm. let's get it started, kids.
4: Summer's (laughs) over. Yeah, so September has come to symbolize the the time
0: for fresh starts, which according to health and fitness experts say makes it the perfect time to set your goals rather than middle of winter, it's January. and (laughs) It's it's dreary out, overcast, You're like just want to cover up in the (laughs) blankies (laughs) under the couch.
1: But here's my problem, though, is there is a gauntlet of – Event like events and uh, holidays and things that are just absolutely terrible for trying to get in shape, like Halloween, and then it just never stops. All the food holidays, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. all the holiday Christmas parties, like the work parties. That's Mm -hmm. a great point. It's just a nightmare to get from here to the end of the year. That's why everybody's like, "All right, I'm done." Like New Year's Eve, I can't (laughs) go anymore. Real January third. Just ate a meatloaf at midnight. I, I gotta, I gotta change things. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> you think uh pickles would be good on a pizza
3: oh you know what i've never tried them. i mm-hmm. love pickles. never even yeah. thought about i want to give it a try
0: uh there's a place called rhino's pizzeria and deli in webster new york just created a dill pickle pizza they put garlic sauce on the dough rather than marinara or regular pizza sauce mozzarella and a bunch of sliced dill pickles and they and they uh recommend you dip the pizza in ranch dressing that sounds great Sounds pretty good That sounds great
1: Don't look now But pickles are somehow Becoming like the new Craft beer Pickles are everywhere really? Oh my god yeah. Pi- Like there was There's a pickle festival Downtown Pittsburgh Well yeah you're right Everyone's making Their own pickles Right people are making Their own pickles which, I mean, I trust the professionals. <laughs> you know, My wife
3: made some pickles a couple of years ago, and they were really
1: good. She really? Like, they were yeah. in the
3: jar in the fridge. I'm like, I'm going to give it a How rip. do you
1: make them? I don't like, know, it's with-
3: like vinegar. Mm-hmm. And, and you,
1: you
0: pickle them. Yeah. yeah. You pickle
1: <laughs> them. <You pickle laughs> that <them> makes <laughs> sense. I don't know how you do it. I'm but glad I, we had this talk. They were delicious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Amy Schumer is coming back to Pittsburgh. She's going to play Heinz Hall on September 21st. Tickets will go on sale this Monday at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Also, John Lennon's killer, Mark David Chapman, being denied parole for the 10th time yesterday. The three-person parole board panel rejected his latest bid to be released from custody as he continues to serve 20 years to life for murdering john lennon december 8th 1980 the 63 year old chapman is serving his sentence at maximum security wendy correctional facility in upstate new york chapman will remain in jail until at least 2020 when he is next eligible for parole and finally legendary guitarist ed king has died at the age of 68 king played both electric Uh, guitar and bass guitar for Skinner and co-wrote the hit song Sweet Home Alabama. He came up with the opening guitar lick uh and of course his voice heard during the intro of the song counting up to three he was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 2006 along with the rest of the band king suffered congestive heart failure forcing him to leave skinnerd in his second stint with the band back in 1996 in 2011 he did undergo a successful heart transplant his family announced his death following a rough battle with cancer we're going to celebrate skinnerd all day today since the farewell tour stops At Key Bank Pavilion tomorrow, along with 38 Special, Marshall Tucker Band, and Hank Williams Jr., Uh, those bands also on the bill. Ed King played with the band from 72 to 75, Mm -hmm. and then the second time from 87 to 96, he played on and co-wrote several songs on the first three Skinner albums. I mentioned Sweet Home Alabama. He co-wrote this song as well. It's the DVE Morning Show. Skinner 102.5 dde remembering the late ed king a guitarist for Skinnard. sean did you ever, did you ever see Skinnard? i surprisingly don't think i've ever seen Skinnard.
3: i've never seen Skinner either. i want to see them
0: and i'm really bummed that i'm gonna miss the show tomorrow
1: yeah. It's my first concert starlight your very oh, really? first yeah. ever well first concert out there oh okay yeah and uh, the, this girl an I was dating at the time took me, she was like heavy into classic rock. She kind of introduced me to it. I had never really listened to that kind of music because How old were you? I went to Risenstein in East Liberty and I was just <laughs> like, what do you guys listen to? Tupac? All right. That's what I <laughs> listen to. I, l- I love Tupac. Tupac's the greatest. <laughs> um, I was probably 16, 17. Wow. And I remember going out to that, the parking lot was, we were in the deep South. Like I don't even, like it, yeah. it scared me. So I was like who, are, like, who are these people? Where'd they come from? Yeah. What are they talking about? Because I grew up in such a confined city space. Yeah,
0: that was totally foreign There view. was, yeah.
1: I'd never really seen a Confederate flag outside of, you know, Duke's on TV Hazzard. or That's something. That's Southern right? Rock. Outside Dukes Hazard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Southern Rock. But I, it was like there was fistfights in the parking lot. There was like a ton of people in the woods getting high before the show. It was just crazy. Yeah, I'm really bummed. I can't see the show. Yeah. That's
0: one of the things I remember years ago. That somebody from, I guess it was in Star Lake, said that show has more fights than any other show. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, oh, I want. I I've always that.
3: wanted to see Leonard Skynyrd, but like maybe I'll have to. St- Sit that
1: one in the back.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Quick exit. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Get the Pope Mobile
4: <laughs> <Yeah>, going there.
0: <laughs> so, the farewell tour with skinnerd uh, makes a stop tomorrow at Key Bang Pavilion. Like I said, 38 special Marshall Tucker Band and Hank Williams Jr. also on the show. And we're going to celebrate uh, the lives of Leonard skinnerd and the music all day today on DVE. So, uh, you're going to hear a lot of skinnerd tunes today. Mike Pursuit is up next. He's got sports. It's a DVE morning show.
5: D.V.E. Sports.
6: I'm Mike Pursuta for D.V.E. Sports preseason game number three is coming up Saturday afternoon at Heinz Field, the Tennessee Titans and your Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin laying out the blueprint such that it is or such that it was yesterday. Uh, Tomlin declaring out guard Ramon Foster, tight ends Xavier Grimble and Vance McDonald and Nickelback Mike Hilton Uh, Those guys uh, are in week-to-week situations uh, in terms of their availability. Tomlin said that some day-to-day guys, among them Antonio Brown, Morgan Burnett, Dan McCullers, and T.J. Watt may or may not play. Uh, Just have to wait and see. Ben Roethlisberger uh, is scheduled to start. He'll be followed by Landry Jones at quarterback. The plan, uh, Tomlin always uh, makes a point of – reserving the right to change the plan midstream, but he said the plan is to play three quarterbacks, which means either they will continue developing Mason Rudolph, or they will allow Josh Dobbs to continue building a resume tape for when they cut him.
1: What do you suspect they'll do?
6: Uh, I think they'll play Rudolph. but uh,
1: Maybe they've already got some things in the works for
6: Dobbs, and they don't want to get him hurt. Well, I think the thing... uh, I don't think Dobbs is going to be on the team. So, no. uh he got a good shot uh last week to play and, you know, put some stuff on tape for people. Uh He's made some plays. One of the reasons Jones is where he is as a, a real set, steady, solid, trustable backup is he played so much in the preseason. That 'cause cuz that's where he's going to get his reps. So, uh Rudolph needs the work. I would hope that he would get it, but hey, that's yeah. just me. What do I know? Uh, Mike Tomlin you know, a lot. emphasizing yeah. that they're they're working this week like a dress rehearsal, not just this game, but this week they want to treat it like a regular season deal in terms of when they practice, you know, when they watch film, when they meet, everything that they do is regular season mode. And uh, Tomlin explained yesterday, if you're going to do that in the preseason, doing it against Tennessee is a, a pretty good idea.
7: Excited about the Titans; they present a, a good challenge for us. Uh, the mobility at the quarterback position being a specific challenge uh, that our defense needs um, in preparation for the season. We've got a lot of respect for Mariota, and not only his uh, passing abilities, but his mobility and how that affects your play, not only schematically but but technically. Um, he's going to challenge us in a lot of ways that way. Um, on the other side of the ball. Um, Dean Pease, being their coordinator, uh, we've seen him a lot over the years, and he's very familiar with us. And I think that familiarity and and how multiple his schemes are are very challenging on the on the other side of the ball.
6: Yeah, so Tennessee, a good opponent to to work your stuff against, and they're going to challenge you. Hopefully, the Steelers challenge them. Mike Tomlin added that uh, the Titans' special teams are very good as well. They got a Pro Bowl punter, Brett Kern. And uh, Tennessee has the longest kickoff return in the NFL in the preseason this year.
3: You guys, are you guys worried at all? Like, I feel like you know, our our starters don't play, don't play that much because they don't want to get them hurt. But then, like, met last year was that against Cleveland? Like, come out the gates a little sluggish. Like, we yeah. got the Browns again this year. Like, you, you see Tom Brady a couple weeks ago going like sixteen for twenty, like mm-hmm. twenty seven right. passes. Yeah. He, if Tom Brady's out there, you feel like I just hope week one against the Browns we're not really sluggish because. You don't have any, you know. Some of those guys don't have the reps they need.
0: It's also not good when a guy's not in camp.
3: Yeah, that doesn't help either. <laughs> <laughs> That's a- and he's in a strip club, yeah. right? Case
6: a couple years ago, they played Green Bay here in the preseason, and the Steelers lost Marquise Pouncey for the season, and the Packers lost Jordy Nelson for the season. Same game. Yeah, I'll take sluggish week one or week two as long as the guy can play in week three. Okay, mm-hmm. I think these pre. I- you don't like the preseason. At I can't all? stand the games. Uh, the practices are great. I think it's a good idea when teams practice against each other. And if you got to play preseason games, play two. Let the young guys understand what it's like, and then get to it.
1: Hmm. I think you should. If you're going to keep four, you, you you know you the first two games you only play guys that are, you know, sort of at the bottom end of that 90.
6: Which is pretty much what they're doing. Right. Other and than then, a couple And linemen.
1: then the last two, you start to get your guys in there because you want them to be prepared for the yeah. season, but they're only going to be going two games.
6: I just, risking guys you're counting on, you know, the critical guys, the Ben Roethlisberger's and the Antonio the Brown's,
1: the Le'Veon Bell's. Last night. I don't see the point. Yeah. Tyrod yeah. Taylor, they get down to the one. That's Tyrod to, to you. Tyrod. Whatever. <laughs> Tyrod to, to lore. And they throw the ball four well, times? Yeah, well, he, he he goes down and, like, hurts his wrist, or it looked, it looked bad. It looked bad, yeah. And then they brought bad him enough, back in. Bad enough for
6: you to tweet a picture of Baker Mayfield <laughs> with the caption, Week One.
1: Yeah. Well, I had to tweet that out. Any opportunity to tweet to that, tweet picture, that, to that yeah. picture of Baker Mayfield with his shirt off, staying in front of a Bentley with a <laughs> <So> tiger? <laughs> do tiger? you I'm guys watch do
3: that? It. Do you watch that Hard Knocks? Oh, oh my God, I'm yeah. Lo-
6: every year I've watched it. I love it. it. I- it's I- phenomenal. I love it. It's great. Yeah, I've, I live that every year, but I I want to see how other teams do it. Yeah, what they, it's they, like they do it's
3: a great HBO does a great job of putting that together. Yeah. My one but buddy, my one, after it. Dude, my one buddy's like, I ain't watching anything Browns. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. like, my, my buddy Boo's like, I'm like, dude, you watching Hard Knocks? Like, if it's a Browns, I ain't watching it. So I'm, no, I'm not watching. <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude.
1: <laughs> I like that loyalty.
3: <laughs> yeah, total loyalty.
6: You guys may be aware that uh, the Steelers share a practice facility with Pitt on the south side. There's mm-hmm. four practice fields, and yes. Pitt's got one side of the building. The Steelers have the other. And uh, some some interesting stuff happens because of that shared relationship from time to time. Artie Burns came into the locker room on uh, Wednesday, and he got to his locker after practice, and there was a football in there, and it had a painted panel, and it said Pitt 24 Number two, Miami 14. November 24th, 2017. Burn. Artie, of course, being a Miami right, guy, right. wasn't real happy about this. And he's trying to figure out how it got there. And I said, well, clearly it had to be James Conner because he went to pit. So he goes running over to James Conner's locker. It Turns out it was not James Conner. Here's uh, <laughs> here's the story of uh, After Artie, they fought uh, Artie the- Burns and the uh, upset of Miami commemorative ball.
5: Oh, yeah, I got to the bottom of it. You know, Pitt gave it to me. Uh, it was just because of my uh, sweet box. So they gave it to me out of love, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. The operations people, you know, they, they, they give it to their, uh, their sweet owners for, the, for like a seasoned gift, you know, and they just gave it to me. And, and so happily, it was the Miami, the Miami Law. So.
7: so they had one
6: left over and they thought you might want it? They thought it was a good use for me. You own something back now. You gonna give
5: him a, a, a butt whooping when it's time for it. <laughs>
6: Apparently, Artie's got a suite at Heinz Field, and you know, you, sometimes if you're just a sweet guy, you get every event, right? Right, right. So he's technically a pit season ticket holder. <laughs> So he got the season ticket holder. Kids. But delivering it to the uh, locker room, kudos to Pitt for a great I troll, it. right? Yeah, I that's, mean, that's they fantastic. could have mailed it to his house. I'm sure they got his address. I'm sure that's where his tickets go. I'm sure that's where his invoice goes. The ball was sitting that's in his great. locker. And it was all painted up. And, yeah, we we'll beat the Hurricanes and celebrate. So that's the kind of stuff that goes on, pal.
0: That kind of tomfoolery? Yes.
6: <laughs> I would think of a different word, but yours is actually FCC approved.
5: <laughs> yeah, right.
6: Does Brad Paisley ever show up? Haven't seen him. I guess uh, our he show shows was up there yesterday. at Brown's camp.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
6: what are we doing?
0: Nothing. I'm just looking for something.
3: Oh, okay. Well, I'm done.
0: Can, oh, you're done? Yeah. Okay. Who's uh, the
3: biggest celebrity you've ever seen at uh, a at, uh, Steelers camp? Uh, the biggest other celeb-
0: than Other than former players.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
0: because uh, like a, kind of like a Who cares about that. What Garth
6: Brooks has been there. Hank Williams Jr. has been there. The Penguins brought the Stanley Cup in uh, the springtime stuff in the OTAs. I would have to say the Stanley cool. Cup. Oh, that's the <laughs> Stanley Cup. <Yeah. laughs> the most that's, famous person. Cool. And that was funny because I'm I'm guessing a lot of those guys aren't necessarily hardcore hockey fans, but. Everybody's me- crazy? everybody's mesmerized the by the cup. That's like, cool. Yeah, the
1: cup you is the awesome. best trophy in it, in any sport. It's, it's got awesome.
6: a pull. But uh, a guy like Kevin Colbert, the GM who was a Penguins season ticket holder, yeah. and his son Dan is a scout with the Steelers. They're getting their picture taken with it and everything. There. That's really cool. Uh I can't think um the vice president was there once. I can't remember which one. <laughs> one of the vice Rising. presidents. I just remember one year there was incredible security that we had like the Secret hoops. Service.
1: Yeah. The hoops Dan we had Quayle. to go through.
6: <laughs> <Dan Quayle>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Might have Did been you ask Biden. him how to
6: spell potato? <laughs> no, you know what? It
3: wasn't him. It was uh, Al Gore. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I, I used to love. I love like like meetings like a random celebrity in the clubhouse. I remember Loretta Lynn came in one time. She wow, was, she was a huge uh, um, big Red Machine fan. And Bernie Stowe, who was our clubby legend, the legend Bernie Stowe, he was like, "Case, come on over, meet Loretta Lynn." She's like, "Hey, darling, how you know like, <laughs> I still have a ball signed by Loretta Lynn. Really? Like, oh, wow. yeah. that's one of the coolest things. Like I, I collected that's balls. That's a legend. Oh yeah, total legend. Yeah, I collected balls, uh, and I, the balls that I collected, like they like like Bobby Knight came one time, and got got him on a ball. George Bush, got him on a ball. Uh, Michael Jordan on a ball. Um, I got that awesome. at an auction, though. I never met Michael <laughs> Jordan. Uh, <laughs> but I, I always love like when Charlie Sheen you know, would come by sometimes. Oh, him and did Amanda. you
0: hang out with him or something? Oh, yeah, I hung
3: out with Charlie Sheen in 2016 All-Star Game. They're like, hey, Charlie Sheen wants to say hi. Huge Reds fan, So I come in, I'm like... Oh, he wants to say hi to me So I come into this box and, we, and next thing you know He's telling me He's like Hey remember that time You got a triple in, in the LA You know Because they come to games out there and he, and he says to me Right before we leave He goes Can I get seven more seconds I go yeah Charlie seven. What's seven more seconds He goes yeah He goes When I think of Sean Casey I think of a raging fireball Launched into the universe Surrounded by a zenith I
5: was
3: like <laughs> Alright Charlie We'll see
4: you later brother <laughs> It's
1: great Great hanging out
4: with you Here at the All-Star Game San Diego <laughs>
1: Did I mention I have AIDS? All right, you have a good one.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's a really nice guy. Winning.
0: Winning.
3: Winning. winning, winning. Positive.
0: Uh, 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 Thanks uh, for your sports <laughs> report, Mike.
6: It's my pleasure.
0: Uh do you need to get a good night's sleep before the uh game tomorrow? Because oh, you gotta you know be it. you gotta be ready <laughs> for the pregame. By the way, pregame starts lean-ins. at noon <laughs> and uh your network pregame starts at two o'clock.
6: It does, so I need to be well rested. yes and, uh, toward that end, the sand is indeed running through the hourglass, which means now's the time to act if you need a new mattress. Mattress firm's most popular deal is back, and that makes this the best time of the year to buy from Mattress Firm. Shop the Labor Day sale for a limited time. You can save up to $600 across America's best-selling brands. Don't miss your chance to get a free adjustable base with your purchase of $599 or more. That's a value of up to $699. dollars you got to hurry in before those sell out. All beds are on sale. That means you can get a Beautyrest Queen for just $497 or a Certa Memory Foam Queen for their lowest price ever, $397. Mattress Firm's 120 night low price guarantee allows To shop with confidence, they'll beat any price on comparable mattresses even ones bought from Mattress Firm for up to 120 nights. And when they say all beds are on sale, they're not kidding. Mattress Firm's lowest-priced mattresses start at just $37. Case, that might be a good one for you, $37 one. Oh, I need the $37 one. <laughs> you can also get 0% APR for six years. That's the best financing Mattress Firm has to offer. Don't delay the sale end soon. Get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for the price of a twin. Call 1-866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms subject to credit approval.
0: It's the DVE Morning Show I'm Val Porter with Mike Bursuta and Bill Crawford and uh, Sean Casey. Scott Paulson in for Michelle Michaels today. He just popped in the studio.
4: You Hi, sound Scott. great.
0: I've been listening I just, to you on iHeartRadio while I'm working at home.
2: I just wanted to congratulate you guys because in the last hour you've single-handedly offended Chinese <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> rednecks mm-hmm and people who pickle—that's <laughs> pretty much seventy percent of our audience.
1: So there you go. Thanks a lot. The
0: picklers really take I mean, up a nobody, big chunk.
1: Nobody here at ten o'clock when I start. Thank you. Bro. I really appreciate. Equal it. opportunity offenders. <laughs> Try to get everybody.
3: We didn't did leave you anybody stock. out. We did it for you. <laughs>
0: Sean Casey, uh, glad to have you in this morning. Let's uh, go
1: after farmers. Yeah. Since Scott was just in there.
0: <laughs> so what's uh, what's going on with the uh, Miracle League? Well, right
1: we, now? Uh, well yeah, September
3: I think September ninth is our opening day. Let me see, if I get these right. That's just a couple of weeks. September eighth is our opening day. Yep, September eighth. Yeah, it's our fall season starts, uh, which we're excited about. We got our uh, golf event coming up September twenty first. Over at Hickory Heights, which is great. Mm-hmm. I went like out. In Bridgeville. Dro- I went out and drove some golf balls the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> are you a golfer? I'm so bad. It's so <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> Seriously, I went and took. That's uh, surprising, I took some dude. Lef- lessons with my man Kevin Shields. He's one of the best in the area, right? And 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 like I'm hitting with him. I'm like, all right, I'm not bad. So then yesterday I take my eight year old daughter over to Hickory Heights. I hit a couple balls. Get ready for. I'm so and I blew up my back. My back's killing me, and I'm so bad. And my, my, my daughter's like, go ahead and hit one, Dad. And I like nub at seven feet. Uh, I'm like, why am I good during the lesson? But when I get by myself, I just can't figure it out. And then it, it's so frustrating, too. You know what,
1: sweetheart? Get out on the bump. Yeah. Give me some soft pitch. I'll take
3: these ball, I'm like, ball get ball Randy t- Johnson out there throwing 93-mile-hour sliders, <laughs> and I'll shoot one in the left center gap. You pull one on the tee right there, just sitting there saying, hey, hit me far, and I'll hit seven feet. I'm pulling seven feet. Down the line, it's unbelievable. Like, how can a guy that can hit a 98 mile an hour fastball that's cut and sink and all that stuff can't hit a ball that's sitting on a tee and get with a humongous head of a club? And I can't, I stink. It's so frustrating. Oh, Why don't my. you do the 10
6: cup thing and just uh, carry a baseball bat? Throw it that's, off what that's what I should yeah. do. That's what I need to do.
4: That's what I need to do.
3: But uh, so, so September 21st is our, is our, um, a charity golf event, which is going fast. I think there's only eight foursomes left. So you can go to Miracle League, MiracleLeagueSouthHills.org to sign up there, or just a volunteer. And uh, Yeah,
0: you're always looking for volunteers. Always looking for
3: volunteers. Always looking for cash. We like what were you too. giving
1: away the other day online?
3: Uh, yeah, we were giving away a replica of PNC Park, which was really, really cool. Um yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and they, um, you know, what was the awesome. The
1: detail on it was
3: incredible. Was unbelievable. The detail is absolutely unbelievable. Um, Dave Resnick did it, who does these these you know model parks which is absolutely it was, it was phenomenal and he picked us as a charity to do which was really cool and uh the guy that won it was eric savage won it. and i think we we, we end up getting over three thousand dollars uh for for that for well, that that's model awesome. for the yeah so if you go on that's i think great. on our twitter account it shows the that model, was really the cool. pnc model wasn't that cool the detail was phenomenal on that thing so you know what's been so cool about this a whole miracle league Miracle Leagues and our Miracle League of the South Hills has been how the community of Pittsburgh, and even outside of Pittsburgh, has rallied around this place and made it what it is. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that's what's the coolest thing for me, is we have over 300 kids, we have people come volunteer, you know, you guys Mm -hmm. have helped us out for years, but so many people have helped us out in this community and literally, that's I think that for me is the coolest thing. Yeah, the support. The support, it's ridiculous. Pirates really helped get the word out
6: about uh, three weeks ago or so.
3: Yeah, with the the Pirates Charities, yeah. The broadcast up there. And they the pirates do a great job. They have all the Miracle Leagues uh you know, getting rocked on the mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, man. It's just it's so cool. I'm like uh I saw Tyone the other day in um uh in the in the at the stadium and uh you know he he came out l- l- last year for us and, which was really cool uh jared hughes who plays for the reds now i ran into him and I'm, i yeah. was always like dude every time we had something out there jared hughes would come so i said i'll always be thankful that you know you showed up with the pirate the pirates are always sending guys mm-hmm. out there and it's just been a cool thing.
1: I always tell people all they have to do is go out and see a game there. That's it. And they're hooked. You go one time and— You see the impact it has on those kids. Like it. we ju- We just went and hung out there one Saturday for a few of the games, and the smiles on these kids' faces and just how the energy that's in the park yeah. and just, you know— People are out there. Every kid has like a, a partner, sort of like a yep, volunteer buddy, that's yep. hanging with them. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, and uh, it's just you know, if if you go out there, if you're if part of this league, I promise you get more from it than you give.
3: There's no doubt about it. the joy that comes from the from the Miracle Leagues is is phenomenal.
0: Sean, thanks so much for coming in. I morning. love it.
3: I love hanging out with you guys. You guys did a yeah, great job holding
1: down the fort.
0: You can come back Monday. Other than pushing everybody <laughs> off. Yeah, <we're> back <laughs> Monday.
1: Yeah, there's still some people Randy's we haven't offended off. yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on back. <laughs>
0: Thanks to Cam Hayward as well. Uh, Steelers game tomorrow's kickoff is at 4 pregame at noon. Dee Snyder, uh, he's going to be at Jurgles this Sunday night. Thanks uh, to We're him. not
3: going
9: to take That's it. That's right.
3: I did that one, one, one quick story. In the back of the Reds plane one time, we're flying in, and we had just traded a couple guys, I think we were really bad too, and uh, we, I think we had a couple adult beverages, and we had the Bose radio going, and we put that on. We're not, and somebody had a microphone, and I got, I think soon we got on the mic, we were like, we're not going to take it. And the, the GM was Dean Taylor and the whole back of the play this is how good we were we're like Dean we ain't gonna take it <laughs> you personalized it all the, all the guys you know the beat writers everyone that playing turns around and like looking back we're like that's right we said we're not gonna take it anymore <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> and you've been chained
3: <laughs> I know we're 30 games under 500 we're still not taking it
0: <laughs> uh, Colin Chamberlain as well thanks to him for being on the show he's gonna headline the Sean Collier Presents tomorrow night at Arcade Comedy Theater yeah he was great yep that's gonna do it for us scott paulson in for michelle michaels next to kick off a skinnered friday uh to celebrate Freebird their... friday that's Scotty. Right. can
6: you play give me back my bullets to start give me the three show. steps
0: so uh scott's up next with the electric lunch at noon as well here on dve
1: i'm finished you stay classy pittsburgh don't touch your face
4: i ain't got him dead pittsburgh all day baby
7: for now you guys call me ronald
4: would you not eat my pants
7: ronald ah <laughs>